Three, two, one. Oh, that was all right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe that's what I should do from now on. Yes. Yeah, Three, we'll two, one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wasn't as powerful as it usually is. No, yeah. It but it, booming. Yeah, happening. it was just kind of like yeah. a... Yeah. But it, it was synced, so... Yeah. yeah. It's like with... Um, uh, diving, isn't it? Like Olympic diving, appropriate because the Olympics are happening at the moment. Are they? Have they started? Yeah, yeah. Well, like a couple of days ago. Oh, we? yeah. The only, genuinely, the only reason I knew the Olympics were happening, yeah, is because obviously they're being hosted in Japan at the moment. Japan yeah. is the home of the video games. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when all of the, the various countries were coming out, mm. they were playing uh, like a medley of video game music. And oh, right. a piece of Sonic music was in there. So the only reason <laughs> okay. I knew is because I, on like the Sonic subreddit, they were right, like, right. have you heard they were playing blah, blah, blah? Okay. Was it in the opening ceremony? It was in the opening okay. ceremony. Yeah, I think it was like when the Netherlands were coming out. They started okay. playing like Sonic, this Sonic music. Like, oh, okay. Hello. All right. Um, in fairness, it was like one of the more mellow tracks. It wasn't like, yeah, you know, it wasn't any of that. Okay. Anyway, yes. That's the only reason I know the Olympics are happening. But yeah, with Olympic diving, when you... Um, the idea is that when you hit the water, you create basically no splash whatsoever. Yes. Even though you dove from like up there. Dived. You dive. Americans say dove. Oh, do they? It sounds right. Yeah. But we say dive. Like hung. They say dove. Like hung, yes. Yeah. It should be hanged. It should be hanged. Usually. Yeah. One yes. is hung. Yes. No, that it doesn't. That still doesn't make sense. <laughs> it, you, you, okay, one is hanged and then one is hung. Okay. If one is hanged, one is then hung. Right. But, okay. So hung can be correct. He's hung there. He's we hung. hanged him. Okay. Yeah. But he was... So the place... He was hanged. The place in which he was hanged, he was hung from. Yes. Okay. And, but now he, he is also hung. It's a state he's in. Right. Okay. the right state. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I don't know if he'll be all right after this. <laughs> uh, I think we fucked up. Ah, <laughs> uh, give him a lens. Yeah. Lens up. He'll be fine. Lens up, yeah. Um, yeah, so the, the, yeah, the, that clap was really feeble. It was. But... But it was in synchronization. It was yeah. synchronized and, yes, it was It was a good clap. Yes. Because it did the job it was supposed to do. Okay. Who's introducing? Oh, shit. Um, I think me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll be embarrassing if it's not. I just realized I haven't planned at all for, like, what... <laughs> No, yeah, I, yeah. Door, we'll, we'll, we'll. I haven't been in podcast mode no. for days. No. I'm just going to have to be sincere, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've, I've got no yeah, bit. no shtick. Yeah, yeah, no shtick, no bit. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to have to be well, like... Well, it's us now, George. I know. So, you know. <laughs> it's just... Now, yeah. if, if, if ever there were a time. I suppose. Okay. Now. Well, here goes sincerity. Do it. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> that it's, wasn't sincere. No, it was. Like, hi. Beyond, you've never said that to me well, hello. in that tone ever. Hello, hello. That's, it was a bit like that. Hey. I'm, so, I'm, I'm also trying to be a bit confident. Oh, oh, right. that's not sincere then. No, is it? Oh, is it not? <laughs> it's not what I would do it, is it? No, just say hello like you would any other day. Okay, all right. Yeah, there you go. All yeah. right, all right, yeah. yeah. That doesn't work for a podcast. Does it? <laughs> not really. No. All right. Aye. <laughs> Let's not go into that. No. Eddie's not back yet. No. Um, this, of course, will mean nothing to people mm. who don't have the history. Hello. This is the... Hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> this is the... 50- every time you say hello, I'm just going to say it all right back. Every time. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is the 51st episode of the Fun Filtered Podcast. I am Jordan, and I am joined, as always, by Sam. Hello. 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 Oh, God. No. Go <laughs> <laughs> okay. Warming it. 
It's very warm. Yeah. Yeah, you forget. Yeah, you do. You do forget. What? You said it was 31. 31 degrees Celsius. Yeah. In my bedroom at yeah. night. Yeah. It's it's very sticky. Yeah. I've been okay because I've basically just been sat next to the fan the entire Oh, yeah. Time. The past day or so. Yeah, yeah. I haven't left the fan. Yeah. Um, so I'm unused to this. Because obviously we, we have to record with the fan off. Mm. The window is closed. Yes. The door closed. Yes. No air is getting in. No. I'm feeling sticky. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're only like a minute or two in. It's going to get worse. So yeah, we might soon be hitting panic stations. Yeah, like humidity of the night's going to set in. Yeah. We're going to get more animated mm. and sweaty. <laughs> Pass out. Well, you're assuming that we have things to talk about. Well, firstly, that we have things to talk about, but also that we have things to, to talk about worthy of being animated and sweaty over. I'm just assuming outrage at some point. Okay. It tends to happen. Is that it? your default now? Not just with the <laughs> podcast, but happen. just, yeah. Yeah. You wake up in the morning and it's like, right, I'm going to get angry. What's going to wind me What's going to cause it today? Yeah. Well, yeah, actually. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, like, I've never consciously thought that. Okay. But, yeah, unfortunately. Oh, dear. There's, oh, I wonder what's going to wind me up today. Well, shall we see if it's one of these things? Sure. Coming up on today's episode. Who knows? What do you mean, who knows? <laughs> like, who knows at this point? I don't know what we're going to talk about. Do you? Oh, is that what you're doing? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know if it was be- like a, oh, who knows which one it will be. Like, I'll definitely be angry. Oh, who I knows see. Which okay. One? Who kno- oh, right. I see. No, I wasn't doing that. Okay. I was just sincerely. Like, who so, knows what the fuck's going to happen. I don't know happen. what's coming up. But we will in the future. Yes. So. But you will know now. Coming up. We talk about things that we're not going to talk about. We talk about the 37th Emmy nominations. A special edition of Sam's Lexicorner. It's not special, it's just long. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. Yes. <laughs> Gay conversion therapy. Its survivors are thoughts. And we review the Sparks Brothers. The male brothers. The Sparks Brothers. The, 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 the Sparks Brothers film. There you go. Yeah. We review that. We review that. Let's go! <laughs> there you go, some time travelling there. Um, A little jumping around. Well, okay. Do you have anything to talk about, George? Not really, no. <laughs> Not really, Sam. I feel like we should take a moment to acknowledge... Um, not really a moment of silence. <laughs> not ideal for a purely audio <laughs> Not ideal for, a, for an audio podcast. The, just the amount of stuff... Mm. Between the, <laughs> that we are not going to talk about. <laughs> we are not going to talk about. <laughs> so the, much stuff. The amount of stuff that we have seen. Yeah. You in particular. Yeah. That is just not worthy of... Comment. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure we could rustle up some opinions, but like usually it's just like by now it's an instinct, isn't it? Mm. It's like, is there enough about this mm. um, to have a decent conversation? I feel have you accrued that in- instinct yet? I feel like I kind of know like whether it's really good or really bad, or even like there's stuff worth saying about it. Mm. it. It tends to like cross a certain threshold. Go, yeah, okay, that's worth talking about. A little bit. I still, yeah. I'm still sort of in that mode where I'm trying to. It's like, right, let me, f- let's find something to talk about. Right. Um, but you don't want it to be too contrived. Mm-hmm. Do you? you don't want to just sort of like force yourself into having an opinion on the thing. No. Um, not only because you run the risk of just repeating what everybody else is saying, but also just kind of like, there's so little to say about this thing. Yeah. I'm really pushing the boundaries of, on it. Yeah. So, like, for me personally, um, Oh, gosh, what are some of the things I've seen? Clarkson's Farm. 
Oh, right, yeah. I saw, like, the first two episodes of Clarkson's Farm. What is the premise of Clarkson's Farm? Jeremy Clarkson has bought a farm. That's it, is it? Yeah. Is, is it a kind of wacky um, documentary comedy thing? It's Top Gear. Oh, right. It's Top Gear, but without Richard Hammond and James May. Okay. And without the cars. With his family? No, because it's, it's him and his girlfriend, who's barely in it. Okay. Um, I thought he was married. Yeah, I thought so as well. Okay. Unless he's just being open about, like, oh, I've got a bit on the side. <laughs> yeah. On yeah. me farm. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's bought a farm um, in his sort of retirement. Mm. And there's, like, a guy in there who was, like, like in all the promotional stuff, who I assumed was his son. Mm. But he's just a farmhand who's, who's worked on that particular farm for quite a while. Right. Is he the long-suffering sidekick? He's, yeah, well, like, he's the one who knows what he's doing and Jeremy Clarkson doesn't. Right. So Jeremy Clarkson frustrates him with his lack of knowledge. Okay, right. Okay. Like the first episode, it's um, he goes to buy a tractor. But w- what is this? It's Jeremy Clarkson running a farm. But like, that's it. Like, yeah. what's the each episode? You've what's seen the... you've seen an episode of Top Gear, right? Yes. You know that twenty minute segment where they do like a silly challenge. Yeah. Where they have to build an amphibious car. Right. Or they have to race to the like the Middle East. There's something about that word. That's the third or fourth time I've heard that in a couple of days. Amphibious. amphibious. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Not amphibious car. No, no, just amphibious. Because that would be worthy of comment. Yeah. Whereas, well, you tend to only hear the word amphibious in relation to a car. Or a frog. Well, uh, that's... you Amphibian. Yeah. But the word amphibious tends to refer to vehicles, doesn't it? I suppose. But go on. Yes. Anyway. Yeah, well, that segment where they have to build a car or like, yeah, race yeah. to the Middle East, but like upside down or whatever the bullshit right. thing yeah. It's that, but a show. Okay. So yeah, Jeremy Clarkson goes to buy a tractor and obviously all the tractors are slow. So Jeremy Clarkson's like, I looked at the tractors and I bought this and it hard cuts to him driving this like behemoth tractor. It's so like, it- this is a Lamborghini tractor and it's big and fast. And that's so, the show. Right, okay. Obviously Top Gear is incredibly contrived and scripted. Yes. We know this, right? Yeah. Is this dropping the veil even more? Like there's no possible way we can actually generate... A show, uh, an entertaining show, yeah, that's depicting his running his foray into agriculture. So, but so it's like, oh, there's now he has to go buy, uh, I don't know what are they called, um, combine harvester. Mm. But it's got a kooky owner who's unwilling to haggle. Like, is it? Are they all? Is it all gimmicky setups like that? Well, each episode has like a like a premise. It yeah. Does- so this is, this is is it half hour or hour? It's an hour. An hour. It's Amazon. It's, it's not Amazon even an ha- It's not even half hour. No, it's an hour so long. It's an hour, so each episode he has to do a thing that's farm related. It, yeah, it kind of like orbits around a thing. So the first episode, it's about the fact that he needs to plant plants. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he has to like he has all of these fields. He has like 200, 500 acres of land, right? Just like that, and he has to till all of the land. Yeah. And then plant all of the seeds. Right. And that's the episode. He has to buy the equipment to do it and learn how to do it. And this is entertaining. Yes. Because it's right. filmed like Top Gear. So they're doing that like... Well, you've seen a Top Gear episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Grand Tour by extension. I but wouldn't what be surprised. What Top Gear had going for it was the dynamism of cars. Yes. Usually sports cars and yes. stuff. And exotic locations. Yeah. This is just him on a farm. <laughs> it's him on a but farm. it sounds like hot fuzz. It's like a parody of it. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they just took the Grand Tour filming crew like it's exactly the same yeah yeah crew. yeah it's probably the same production team yeah because yeah. it does it feels exactly like it the well only... it's over isn't it oh yeah yeah that ended yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was like three seasons four seasons yeah and then there was this big emotional um, 
It was actually kind of like because like I watched Top Gear as a kid. I yeah, loved Top same. Gear as a kid. Yeah, and it's something that I kind of came back to every now and again just to see what mm. was happening. And then when Grand Tour happened, I kind of watched the first season. Yes, just out of like support. And then mm. like at that point, I was kind of done with it, so I drifted away. Yeah, um, but I saw that final moment where because I think they save it until the very end of the last episode where Jeremy Clarkson kind of announces we've been doing this for like 20, 30 years however right. long it's been and now is the time we feel to step away from it mm. entirely and he, he like cries right he like proper tears up and cries and like mm-hmm. both Richard Hammond and James Mears are kind of sitting there in respectful silence right right as the audience are sort of like themselves kind of getting emotional right and even though like Top Gear is very juvenile and yeah. scripted and silly it is kind of like a oh wow yeah this is it. Right. This okay. is like a moment right now. The end of something. Yeah. And then Clarkson Farm has happened, obviously, to fill that gap. Because mm. Jeremy Clarkson is still on contract with Amazon. And yeah. they're like, so what are you going to do now? And he's like, oh, I've just bought this farm. And they're like, we'll find a way okay. of doing H- it. Has he bought a farm? I, I assume so. Or is that the pr- just the premise of the show? I don't know. Because he's bought a farm and now he has to do it up. And, I, th- and I think, we will he, I think he's humor. bought a farm. Okay. I don't know. And making a TV show, but I, it feels a bit weird. Yeah. Well, I was going to say like that. That goodbye, the grand tour, like goodbye. That's over yeah, yeah. now. They're doing like a like a COVID special. Oh, one off. Yeah, I think they've just announced the COVID right. special. Where a COVID special? Well, they're racing cars, but it's during lock. It's called lockdown. Right. But like the Scottish lock lockdown lockdown lockdown. Right. So I assume they're racing across Scotland. And they have to like build a bridge across a lock or something. What's that got to do with COVID though? I don't know. Well, it's okay. lock, lock down. Yeah, right. I get that bit. <laughs> that, no, this... no, no, Sam. You, there's <laughs> nothing else I'm to it. Too much into yeah, it. Yeah, it's Top Gear. I mean, that's the, it. The roads are emptier. Is is that the the whole? But they shut down the roads anyway. Yeah. So okay, right. I see. Yeah. <laughs> so that's coming back for a for a one off for a one off and Clarkson's farm. Has happened. I've only watched the first two episodes. Like I said, the first one is him planting stuff in a field. But there's like bad weather, so they mm. run behind schedule. Mm. And then one of the fields fails because there's like a beetle that's eaten all of the stock. Mm. And Jeremy Clarkson's like, well, why can't I kill it? Right. And the and the guy who like his um accountant basically mm. is like, Oh, we're not allowed. It's like, right. but I want to kill the beetle. Look what the, look what it just did. Right. And he's telling me I can't fucking kill the beetle. Yeah. And he's like, Yeah. Yeah. So that's a moment. Right. And then the second episode, he buys some sheep. Right. So it's him, like, basically, um, like, raising and maintaining these sheep. Okay. I can't see it. (laughs) I can can visualize it, but I can't imagine how you fill an hour. Imagine, like, Jeremy Clarkson driving a tractor. Yes. But filmed in the style of Top Gear. I get that bit. But it's all the bits in between. The admin. Like, how how earnest is this show? Well, the admin, it's basically um, people, like, sincerely doing admin at Jeremy Clarkson. And Jeremy Clarkson's just looking kind of clueless and like, what? Okay, is it all scripted, basically? Well, it it feels exactly like Top Gear. Okay. Whether that's right. an admittance that it's scripted or not, I don't know. Okay. That, uh, it probably is, isn't Probably, it? yeah. Okay. I'm sure, like, things like incremental weather, they incorporate into it. Mm. And I'm sure, like, Beatles did destroy whatever. Yeah. But there's no way to make it entertaining. Mm. There's no way you can just sincerely film him trying to cultivate no. crops <laughs> because there's just it's challenging work. 
but it's not particularly cinematically challenging no work is it no i think there's like a sequence again in the first episode we doesn't understand the the track that he's bought is like ridiculously large and yeah. it has the wrong attachments on the back all right which makes it difficult to hook up the equipment Nightmare. so he's doing a thing where like he asks his union rep to come down and tell him how to start his tractor mm. and she's like right you got to go up in the cabin he's like all right i'm gonna go up in the cabin and then he does a thing and she's like right come back down he's like right i'll come back down yeah. And then she's like, right, you've got to go back up in the cabin. He's like, oh, I'm going to go back up in the cabin. It's that. <laughs> it's that kind of thing. Tedious nothing. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Top well, Gear. Well, is it good? Well, no. Okay. <laughs> it's well, it's Top Gear, but it's like a less... Good. No, it's... I think it's it's sort of the same. Like... Right. You can't do Top Gear without all three of them. No. I say Top Gear, Grand Tour as well. Yeah, But yeah. obviously I know them as the top gear bunch yeah like it doesn't work without the three of them mm-hmm. right they're dynamic even though the show is scripted mm-hmm. it's their chemistry which makes it yeah so the fact that it's only jeremy clarkson it does lose something because mm. they're still trying to do the thing where they've got like you know everyone is like oh clarkson you blithering idiot yeah yeah you're a thuggish brute which doesn't understand how to do things properly yeah it's that same thing but it's just with yeah. different people Okay. So it does kind of lose something. Well, you I used to watch Top Gear as a kid as well. Um, you showed me some stuff last year. Oh, yeah. And it has aged badly for me. <laughs> like, it just it was like clips of just them being... Oh, yeah, like Top Gear being offensive compilation. Yeah, yeah. And it just didn't, didn't work mm. anymore. Well, the, I remember you saying that your problem with it mm. was that it was kind of... Um, it was the type of offensive humour... Mm. That your like your granddad mm. who is from a different era would go, yeah, they're kind of right. Yeah, it's a mix of being insincere, like too overdone. Yeah, like I do, like courting. Obviously, I would say from this podcast, mm. we're not averse to courting controversy, but it's not like we do it for controversy's sake. It's not like oh yeah, let's rile people up by saying this. No. We just genuinely state our opinion on things. Yeah, if we, if we or, find ourselves within the yeah. realm of controversy, it's like, well, we're here now. Yeah, or we're having an extreme laugh. But it's not like to stoke the flames of controversy. No. Whereas Top Gear, it was like they were backslapping and high-fiving, going like, oh yeah, we just said something rude and offensive. Mm. And that's just juvenile. It's like, that's the kind of things you do when you're 14. Mm. That was part of it. Insincere, obviously. Mm. And yeah, well, it's just not clever humour. It's not no. clever, offensive humour. Yes, yeah, so I think people... Stuart Lee makes this point. I think people will take it at face... Idiots mm. will take it at face value. Yeah. And just... Yeah, you know, like that kind of soft, um, harmless, really, xenophobia and stuff like that. Yeah. And I know, like, I'm all about making jokes at the expense of the French and all that sort of thing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, do you know what I mean? It's easy. And, it, like, it's not as... Like, brass eye is controversial mm. but it's like really brilliantly satirical mm. Top Gear is not well, it's the idiot version of well that. like Top Gear offensive mm. is Richard Hammond going imagine waking up and realising you're Mexican yeah like what's that yeah what is that whereas Bra- nothing whereas Brass Eye um, controversial yeah is the Peter Geddon special yes where um, what's his name Chris Evans not Chris Evans Morris Chris, Chris Morris yeah says, um, I'm keeping my children safe. And he, like, bends down, yeah. and they're in a filing cabinet, and he goes, good night, children, and he puts them in the filing yeah, cabinet. Yeah. 
to well, keep them safe from the paedophiles. Yeah, well, the whole like thing of that—that that is, the, I think, was uh, police have um, spotted a paedophile dressed as a school. Yes, it's like a it's creative. Yeah, yeah. In oh, its, incredibly creative. Yeah, I think Peter Geddon, I might have said this in the podcast before, is the greatest comic artifact ever. It's sort of yeah. It's it should be taught. In comedy, yeah, like I, classes. In terms of in terms of that's like having a premise and running with a it. premise style and just sheer laugh rate. Mm. It's got to be the, the like the top for me. Yeah. I don't think anything makes me laugh more than that. Yeah, because in terms of being a because it's a crime watch parody. That particular episode yeah, is yeah, crime yeah. watch parody. Yes, and it's spot on. Yes, not just the tropes of that particular genre. No, but um, I think the, if you just watch it now, it might look like needless controversy mm. but it, it was created in a context where there had been a massive pedophile scare mm. in like like the red scare you know like hysteria mm. national hysteria over it i think there was genuinely a guy um called peter file whose <laughs> right. car was set on fire okay and they say that at the very end of the episode he says there was one P- peter file whose car was it's like yeah, there you go that's like their thesis mm. the whole point of it is they're satirizing the overreaction like there's not there's no pedophiles roaming the streets. Yeah, like, that's the whole point of that. Clever. Yeah. Know? Whereas Top Gear. Oh, imagine being Mexican. What am I supposed? to... What's it mean? <laughs> it's nothing. That it's nothing. Yeah. You're just like I get. Well, I guess the punchline to that, like I guess like that statement in isolation, it's just the ballsiness of it. It's like imagine. It's not, wait, no, no, but like I'm I'm thinking yeah, about yeah. like you know if you were to be generous and be like oh this okay. is why it's funny yeah. Yeah, it's the ballsy enough to just be like, can you imagine waking up and realizing you're Mexican? Yeah. To which Jeremy Clarkson says, it's fine because you could just go back to sleep again. Right. Because that's the yeah, yeah. stereotype. But it's, yeah, it's the obvious Mexican stereotype. Yes. Because they always, they're always asleep. Yeah. They're just sleepy all the time. Right. Compared to, like I said, compared to... <laughs> I think the stereotype is they're sleepy. Or, t- <laughs> or that like, they're lazy, right? They're lazy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're just always like, yeah, they're always like, <sighs> typical Mexican. <laughs> Maybe that's just me um, equating... Trying to soften the edges. No, 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 it? just me equating being lazy and sleeping. Because, like, oh, yeah, that's, that's a lazy thing. That's a lazy no, that, that time is, for me. It's like, I'm just going to sleep now. That is where that comes from, isn't it? Like, they go back to sleep. But that, that that's because they're lazy, not because they're... Right, okay. They're, they're always like... It's like they've always just drunk a hot chocolate, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always, yeah. like, Sunday afternoon for them. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, point being, yeah, it aged badly, and I don't re- like. I really used to like the cross country, the races, and all I that feel, sort well, of stuff. Well, it eventually just became that, right? Yeah. Especially after they left, and the new guy—I don't even know who it is at the moment. So I think Matt LeBlanc's no even gone. I, is it still going? Even I have no idea. I think it's still going. Okay. Um, but I think the show became almost exclusively that. They like, still might maybe did a test drive every episode and yeah. had like a guest on, but. Yeah, every segment was. We took two Range Rovers and and you know raced across the the English mm. countryside, and then they oh we we raced to the middle of America. Mm. You know, yeah. <laughs> well, you look like you that. look back at it now, the, like their era of Top Gear, and it just it's true that it wouldn't survive now. Mm. I know people say that about a lot of things, and we say that about a lot of things. Yeah, but I can't imagine it. Like the, the, with the episode where they're in the desert. And James May says something like, you look like a terrorist or something like that. Yeah. It's like, 
Is there any way? Because it's on BBC as well. Like, is there any way the, um, they can get away with that now? Is it the Vietnamese or the Burma special? Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, look there's a slope, there's a on, slope that bridge. on that bridge. Yeah, yeah. and Richamon's like, yes, it's definitely tilted to one side. Like, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Overdo it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Which I think they like that's been cut out of all like official like later broadcasts. Of that yeah, episode. broadcasts and compilations yeah. online. You can't find it anymore on official channels. Yeah, there's just no way that you get away with that. Like no. I, the, like three middle-aged men in jeans, hmm. just being like a bit bigoted. Yeah. Like, there's no way that would be allowed on the BBC. Like when when Jeremy Clarkson's in the lorry and he's like, "God, being a lorry driver is hard work. Change gear, change gear, murder a prostitute. Yeah. Change gear, change there's, gear." There's no way that that coexists with "I may destroy you" and mm. stuff like like no way. No, I so I missed that. I suppose like even though I didn't like it, yeah, the fact you could get away with it. Not just I, get I, away with it, but yeah. like there was a place for it, and maybe yeah. maybe it helped that Top Gear was popular before that stuff started to seep its way into television. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, the thing I always go back to is Only Fools and Horses, the pilot. It's a throwaway line where Dell says to Rodney, "He was shacking up with some um, Japanese tart," and he says she was Chinese, and he goes, "Chinese Japanese is all the same to me." <laughs> right. Like you, you get away with that now? Yeah, no, no way. Um, and that's like the the likable. Yeah. Well, Del Boy's likable, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Like, he's a bit... I think even within the context of the time, Del Boy's mm. a bit like, oh, he's a bit of a character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like... We're with Rodney. Del Boy can be a nuisance, kind but of. you're kind of with Rodney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rodney's the audience surrogate, whereas Del Boy is a character unto himself. Yeah. Which meant that he could be, like, not the villain of a story, but kind no, of like no, no. the, the um, antagonistic force sometimes. Uh, it's it's a difficult one because he is definitely the main character. Um, Who now? Del. Del. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You kind of you kind of with Rodney in the sense that you feel sorry for him because mm. he's kind of dopey. He's simultaneously like above the job he's doing mm. and dopey. Yeah. Um, and Del manipulates him a lot, yes. exploits him. Yeah. But you 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 always love Del because you just enjoy his antics. Do you mm. know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's a tricky one, but. Yeah, just things like that I don't think would be allowed anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Like, Stuart Lee's thing about Top Gear is a great bit. But he said the reason people like Top Gear is because the power structure between Ham and May and Clarkson mm. is the same as the power structure of the Three Bears. Oh, right. And that's okay. what you really like about it, is yeah. that it's got, like, a family... Mm. That, like, I think he said Jeremy Clarkson is the... Is he the father, the papa bear? Maybe the, the mother bear. I think you'd think so. But the whole the, like punchline of that was uh, James May is actually the true force. Like if, yeah, he's like the quiet one. Mm. Like if someone tried to attack his family, he'd claw, swipe their face off <laughs> with one swipe of his massive paw. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Google that. YouTube that. Stuart Lee. Okay. Yeah, all right. Uh, I, I don't want to steal all of the material. No, no, of course not. But, um, yes. So Clarkson's farm. Yes. It's basically not good. No, it's okay. it's um, that's the takeaway. It's Top Gear in a less dynamic setting yeah. without the chemistry of those the core three. Top Gear goes rural. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> crop Gear, Crop Gear. There you go. <laughs> right. Why didn't they call it Crop, I crop gear? gear? Obviously, <laughs> Crop Gear. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I suppose like if you're um, jonesing for more of that type of stuff, Ooh. then it might fill the gap. I think it did all right. I don't. I don't know what the reception of it was. I think people want yeah. a second season. It probably will. But yeah, it's like, yeah, I watching it, I was like, yeah, I think this is designed to be instantly comfortable okay. for someone who's missing the Grand Tour and yes. like, old top gear. 
It's on Amazon though. That, that I, I hate that about this modern TV age. It's like the, the, it's not on BBC. You can't just put it on the telly. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's on Amazon. Uh, I don't like that. Hmm. Do they release weekly episodes or is it? Um, I think one? it's weekly. Yeah. Yeah. Could we only watch two? A lot more are doing that now. Yeah. They like in, Netflix still releases in bundles. Hmm. But a lot of other, th- like Amazon, they used to release in bundles. Now they, they're tending to do it weekly. Yes. Better, much better. Well, uh, one of the other shows that I'm sort of in the process of watching at the moment mm. is Monsters at Work All right. on Disney+. On Disney+. Plus, Plus. Which is doing the weekly, weekly. release. They, yeah, they, they've always done weekly. Okay. HBO Max, I think that does it weekly as well. Okay. I like that. I prefer that. Yeah, well, look, te- television kind of lost something, didn't it? It lost the... Absolutely. Um, that kind of water cooler factor. You had, water, no, yeah, well, it, you had no time to talk about the show because you could just get it over with like that. It just made it more disposable. Like, yeah. Because you weren't given morsels. You were just given, here's all the cake. Yeah. And you just scoff it and you go, oh, I, there's nothing left now. There's, yeah. And like, I just got to wait for another year for the next And even those thing. Stranger Things became very, very popular yeah. and everybody was talking about it. Yeah. Like, I watched, I think I watched the first season of Stranger Things mm. in one day. Right. So, like, I I told you about it. Or I said, like, oh, what's Stranger Things? Right. And you were like, oh, I've watched Stranger Things. It's all right, isn't it? Like, yeah. Mm. And then we talked a bit about it. Yeah. But then that was kind of it. Because, like, well, we watched Stranger Things now. We got, it's it's, I remember when we were younger mm. and, like, Breaking Bad was on mm. and the fourth season had ended and there was that big gap between the fourth season and the fifth season and you and I would meet up mm-hmm. in, in Ponty Park at the bandstand. And, and every week I'm like, yeah. what the fuck are they going to do next? Yeah. Like there's no the shows could be over now. Yeah, like you could end it with the fourth season. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so we were thinking where all of the now? shit that they've got to resolve. Yeah, the ambiguity about where it's going to go. Mm. How, like, like this is exciting stuff. Let's yeah, talk yeah. about it. And yeah, that that kind of discussion is lost because you can. It's like well, the shows it's there. It's a complete entity. So let's just talk about it. Yeah, as one thing. It's also the proliferation of content. The fact that there's so much to watch. Mm. Even the things you really do like, you kind of forget about it. You go, yeah. oh, I've got to move on to the next thing now. Move yeah. on to the next thing. I know this is like a unique problem. I don't think like, many people have this. Because I try to watch everything. Mm. It really is a gargantuan task. Yes. And you do like, oh yeah, there's another season of that. Oh, it's been a year, is it? Yeah. So like, in that <laughs> sense. But it's like you, nothing... nothing it's, everything's in. Nothing's valuable. Nothing's mm. concrete and solid. Yeah. Um. Anyway, well, yes. Another thing, yes, <laughs> that I watched, yes, was Boss Baby Two. <laughs> right? Were you even aware there was a Boss Baby Two? No, I think I was aware of the TV series. Yeah, there's a spin-off TV yeah. series, which I think they just do that now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if Dream. No, DreamWorks specifically, it, they don't do it. They did it with How to Tra- uh, How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, I think they did it with Kung Fu Panda. Yeah, they've done it with Boss Baby, but like Disney did that shit as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Hero 6 and obviously Monsters at Work now and like loads of different things um, but yeah like the original Boss Baby did pretty well financially mm-hmm. did alright critically it was like it wasn't great middle of the road yeah, yeah. it was like whatever yeah. but yeah it did really well financially mm-hmm. Oscar nominated for best animated feature that's weird isn't it yeah and then the sequel came out on Peacock yeah that's which happening I, everywhere I'd well. never heard of hadn't you I'd never heard of Peacock okay yeah well, I'm following because it's NBC's new. Oh, is it online? Oh, right. Oh, okay. Peacock. That makes sense. Yes. Um, I, there's a couple of shows that I've watched on Peacock. Can't remember what they are. No. But uh, it's on like my my bookmark right. list of things. So yeah. Um, what's on Peacock? It's basically where they put 
things that would otherwise be a network show but only have 10 episodes or something. Okay. And they throw it up on Peacock. Right, okay. I didn't know the film debuted on there, though. Yeah. Well, I think okay. it was a simultaneous... Yeah, cinema. That's the future, isn't it? Yeah. Cinema. It was simultaneous. Yeah. Or maybe it was... It said, like, it was exclusive to Peacock for 60 days, but I didn't know if that was... Yeah. If that meant cinemas weren't getting it for 60 days or just any other streaming network. No. Yeah, probably... It, It'll spread out after 60 days. Yeah. It's probably in theatres and on Peacock. Yeah. No. Is it any good then? Um, well, did you like the first Boss Baby? Did you even see the first Boss I haven't boss seen baby? the first Boss Baby. Right. Although okay. I know it was your favourite film of the year, wasn't it? <laughs> no. It was. No, no, no. You're thinking of Storks. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It yeah. was up there though, wasn't it? Which is fair enough because like Storks was my favourite film of yeah. 2016. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, like I thought that they were from the same people. It's like a yeah. completely different studio. Both are babies. It's yeah, it's a completely yeah. different studio, but like the animation and the like the the, the art style mm. is almost identical. Like yeah. there's no differentiating the two. The baby and Storks and the boss baby yeah. look like the same baby. Yeah, they what, look what was your baby. favorite film of that year then? The boss baby came out. What year was that? Was it 2016? If Storks was your favorite 2017. I think it must have been No, 2016. no, 2016 was Storks. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, it must be 2017 then. Oh, in that case it was um Bad Genius. Okay, all right. Yeah, Bad Genius, Lego Batman, and then I don't quite remember okay. after that. All right. Yeah, it was up there, but... Like, you know. <laughs> but that's the thing. I 2017 didn't... was a good year. What else came out in 2017? Logan came out in 2017. Yeah, Logan was up there. Um, Tower came out in 20... Yeah, I've seen that. Right? I, I didn't see it in that year. No, I saw okay. it after the fact. A Ghost Story is 2017. I haven't got around to that yet. Call Me By Your Name. Uh, I'm not into that sort of no, thing. I... What, what, what's that? What are you implying? Gay films. Gay films. I don't okay. like gay films. It's it's one of the better gay films. Is there? You don't like gay films? No, I don't like um, dramas. What's the what's the term? Mumblecore. It's not mumblecore. Is it not mumblecore? No. Okay. Not at all. It's not like a little indie, p- noodly, piddly widdly. Okay. Yeah, finding ourselves in Brooklyn. No, it's not that. Oh, that's that's the impression I got from. No, it. it's an Oscar movie. It's a you know big. It's not like ma- big budget action, but it's. <laughs> It's like a beautifully filmed uh, drama. Okay. Yeah, it's not like a, a little, yeah, annoying indie. Okay, that's what yeah. I thought it was. Okay. Part of the, well, that is the reason I avoided it. Oh, right. No, I do reckon, like, it is a really good film. Okay. Um, right. Timothy Charmey, really good. And Michael Stuhlbarg has one of the best monologues that I've seen in a film, I think. About, like, why, about love, basically. Oh, Really, right. really good. Okay. Recommend it. Oh, shit. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't mind the first Boss Baby. It's not great. <laughs> From Call Me By Your Name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on. No, because like the um, like the 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 quality of the animation is actually pretty good, mm. and like the 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 creativity in the animation. Because mm-hmm. I think like they, they integrate the imagination of the main character into like the visuals of the film. Okay, so in that sense, there's some very creative imagery that they kind of throw in there. The writing is not very good. No, <laughs> it's uh, like uh, they do seem to rely on the joke of it's Alex Baldwin. Alex, Alex, yeah, Alec Baldwin, yeah. but it's a baby. That that does get you far, though. It does. Like, personally, I know. Yeah, it didn't. It doesn't get you to the end of the film. Mm. Not least because it's it's it does that thing that a lot of like mainstream family animation does, where it's like it's the first half is really fun because mm-hmm. it's embracing the premise and it's just being creative. Like it's it's do it's very formulaic screenplay mm-hmm. and that means that when they get to the end of the second act they have to do the thing with like the characters fall out right. and they have to like oh sincerity is happening now right. and we're gonna get back together and then there's a big action set piece mm-hmm. so it's only ever really the first half of these films that are any good yeah I um, agree yeah 
a trap of animation of the last few years, it would seem. That, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's because they feel like they have to fall into that. Yeah, they have to do the Marvel thing. Yeah, yeah. that formula that we have to do. Yeah. That screenplay formula. And the sequel is pretty much the same. Okay. Like, it's... Um, I don't remember if the first boss baby was, like, about anything. I think it was just, like, oh, it's a baby and the brother doesn't like him and he has to mm-hmm. learn to like the baby or some shit. Whereas this one, it's sort of, like... It's kind of about, like, growing up and, mm. um, like, accepting responsibility. They're still babies, though, right? No. They're not babies. It's set 40 years after the first one. Okay. Does it involve babies? Well, like, the, the main character, Tim, I think he's called, from the first film. Right. Uh, who was the brother of the boss baby. Right. He now has his own family. Is that Alec Baldwin? No, Alec Baldwin is the baby. Okay. Um, is he in it? Yeah, but as a grown man. As a grown man, yeah, okay. Yeah, and then you find out that Tim's baby is also a boss baby. Right. And she tells them, like, oh, there's this guy who, like, we're not we're a bit suspicious of. Mm. And he runs a school, so you have to turn back into babies. Right. To infiltrate the school to see what he's up to. Okay. So, like, I've seen every review I've seen is like, oh, it's this really contrived yeah way of like getting them back into babies yeah but it's like it's animation they could have just like kept them as children yeah there's no need yeah to contrive that in the first and place. that is like that does that is quite a contrivance like oh we're gonna it set is, it yeah. 40 years after the original yeah but we're gonna have like a special thing that turns them back into babies yeah but i think it's it's supposed to tie into that theme of growing up okay like because they, got- they got a certain way through the screenplay and go oh fuck this we, we should change it to this should we rewrite the first half then? Nah. <laughs> could, Fuck it. It's, it's 40 years and their babies. Yeah, whatever. it could very well yeah, yeah. be that. Yeah. But yeah, like like Tim goes to that school and he spends some time with his daughter and he kind of learns, because she obviously doesn't talk to her father about like what's troubling her. Sure. So she opens that up to him when he's like a, like a, like a child. Mm-hmm. And there's like a sequence at the end where he's turning back into an adult mm-hmm. as, as they're like fighting the main villain. Right. And, like, his daughter, like, falls off a thing, and then he, like, he goes to grab her as a child and then catches her as an adult. Yeah, right. Just like, oh, they're trying to... Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's... it's Imagery. Yeah, it's, yeah. like, mainstream... This film has, like, eight writers imagery. Yes. But they're trying, and I don't know if that effort was there in the first Boss Baby. Okay. I mean, like, yeah, don't watch it. <laughs> no. No. But this is the thing. This is like part of like what started this conversation. I know that we've kind of ruined that by like actually talking about <laughs> some of the things. Yes. But like that that thing about oh the film is kind of about growing up. Mm. That's all I have to say about the boss baby. Okay. It's it's that same. Yeah, I personally don't seem to hate it as much as everybody else hates Boss Baby. Because mm-hmm. like I read all of the things about like oh it's it's like boring writing and it's like completely disposable animation and I agree with all of those things. And then when the boss baby is there in front of me. I go, well, this isn't that bad. You do have a bias, though, don't you? In what way? Animation. I'm not saying you will just accept any animation. Yeah. But you do like it. I do like animation. And so you're predisposed to kind of maybe like it a little bit more than other people. Maybe. Because it's silly, isn't it? You know, like the amount of things you can do in animation. Like some things are just like Pavlovian laughs. Yeah. Like, oh, you've made me laugh through a funny animation, you know? Yeah. Um, And it is inventive, but... Yeah, okay, so you like it more than the average. It seems critic. that way. Yeah. But even okay. I would be like, yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's, a, li- to see, really. there's a limit to the appeal of okay. this thing. Uh, yeah, we've watched, I've, I couldn't, couldn't even tell you. I, no. I watched Black Widow. Okay. Uh, but I said to you, don't bother. There's not, like, we could, again, contrive a conversation about it. Hmm. But there's really, it's a Marvel film. 
Um, yeah, like from what I hear, that's just that's what it that's what those are now. Yeah, they're just Marvel films, N- non-special, nothing yeah. special anymore. They always get well received critically. Mm. They do well financially, and they do they do nothing. Right, that, like that's what they are now. Yeah, I think because obviously the, it's over, it ended. Mm. So now they have to work out what now. I'm sure there is a plan, given that there's 12 TV series and 50 films in Phase 4. Yeah, well, I saw an image. I don't know how much stock to put in this image, or at least, like, the implication I've taken from this image. Mm-hmm. I assume it's a still from the Loki TV series, because mm-hmm. I think the the woman character who was introduced... Yeah, 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 like the female Loki. The female yeah. Loki. Um, she's doing a thing to someone. Mm. And then it sh- the, the next panel is, like some lightning mm. and lightning obviously like it, it like fork lightning branches off yeah, like yeah. trees doesn't it yeah. and at the end of each tip of the fork lightning is a logo for an upcoming Marvel project right now the implication there though that I've taken away from it is that each film though it's all part of the same continuity mm. each film is sort of exists in its own pocket right like it's not like the first like phase one through three where they are kind of following mm. They are building up to something. Like this like this new continuity um, will be building up to something. Yeah, not yet. I, I think the problem is that it's just an effusion of content. So mm. like realistically, Black Panther, had it not done very well, probably wouldn't have got a sequel. No. But it did, so it's getting a sequel. So they have to figure it kind of figure it out as they're going along. Mm. What I from what I can tell, they're basically trying to recreate a comic book universe where there, it's just stuff. And this character could pop up in this character story, and this mm. character could, you know, to the point where, yeah, at the moment, we're basically getting a Marvel thing every week. Because this show ends and this one starts. Yeah, when one, film t- comes one out. TV show ends, a new one begins. Yeah. Yeah. At the, like, we're going to have a little break now, but not for very long. Yeah, what like, if is. Is it the end of oh, this month? Yeah, yeah. That's next. Yeah. And that's part of phase four. Like, that's canon, you know? Whatever that means. Oh, okay. But at the moment, the thing seems to I be. I the like, whole point of what if is that it was a fun indulgent exercise it, I think it is yeah like it's it's the height of decadence isn't yeah. it like we can do this look, what, at, look what at what if, we can do what if Iron Man was saved by Killmonger and yeah. never became Iron Man right and and somehow that correlates to Captain America zombies like I thought that's what the show was as far as I understand that's what it is but I was reading about it earlier and it said it was part of phase 4 okay like it's not just a separate tangential <laughs> right. thing but I don't know the thing they're going for at the minute seems to be multiple universe realities all mm. that they did it in WandaVision uh, they, they did it in Loki um, you've got all the like Doctor Strange and Ant Man in the Quantum Mania. It's all multiple yeah. Real. Like there's a guy in the Loki show who's a version of yeah, right. what the Thanos will be like. The guy who yes, they, the they've introduced role. the new character who they said will be the next big bad right. of the Marvel, played by an actor called Jonathan Majors, who's probably most famous now for being in Lovecraft Country. Okay. Except for an Emmy for it, he's like the lead in that. Okay, and I gotta say, in because he pops up in the finale of Loki terrible performance oh really You re- I rarely say that because again when you get to a certain level of production it's just a baseline competent mm. even Tom Hiddleston who I don't like is perfectly fine in Loki you know he's doing what, he's, what he does yeah this guy it's like a really it's supposed to be a really charismatic villain like jokery almost mm. performance like he's, he's very like off the wall and kind of laughs and like oh well, well let's do this now and I'm over here and I'm over. he's sort of doing oh, right, a bit okay. of that. not as th- like flamboyant as that but that's the kind of performance he's doing and I just thought this is bad this okay. is a bad performance which is really unusual for a 
production of that caliber. Yeah. We'll see, because it's a version of that character. So we'll see... Yeah, Sam just rolled his eyes, yeah. just so you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that wasn't audible, was it? Yeah. Uh, so we'll see how that manifests, his performance manifests in different incarnations. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to watch... Well, if it's well-received, I'm going to watch whatever they do mm. illegally. Um, <laughs> but it's, yeah. not, so it's not like I've got anything, any stock in the franchise. But let's hope that that ends there, that particular portrayal. Yeah, no, I'm not... Like, we're not talking about this stuff, because... We care. No. Like, I, 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 I... Carry on, yeah. No, there are, like, strands within all of this mess that I'm kind yeah. of interested in. I'm kind of interested in where they're going with Spider-Man. Okay, I'm not that... I have no interest in the franchise in that sense, right? If a film is good, a film is good. If they said, oh, Disney is collapsed, mm. there will now be no more Marvel films... It would mean nothing to me. No, absolutely yeah. nothing. Same with me. Yeah. My point, the point that I'm making is that it's not entirely a lost cause to me. No, no, no I'm kind no, of interested yeah. to see where they're going with Spider-Man, yeah. and I'm kind of interested in the new Doctor Strange because they're billing that as like Marvel, Marvel's first horror film. Yes, and and I want to see how far they're going to push it. Yeah, and I, I can't even say like the things are bad. I'm not saying these shows and these films are bad, with mm. some exceptions. They're all perfectly competent. They're just not doing anything that interesting. No. That's the... Pro- yeah, I don't care about Marvel in that sense. Like, oh, they corrupted that character. I don't give a fuck. Mm. Whatever. I care about its place and what it's done to the industry. Yeah. That's where I care about, you know? That's what's worth talking about, about it. Yes. But doing, like, individual reviews, like Black Widow, it's just not worth it. No, it's not. And, like, I don't know if this is a problem amongst other people. People who follow Marvel, people who like Marvel. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of the ambiguity as to where... I guess now that they've introduced, like, this... I think, I think it's called Kang. Kang. Kang the Conqueror. Kang the Conqueror. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kang the Conqueror. Now that they've introduced him, mm. it's like, okay, I guess they're all going to fight him eventually. Yeah. But, like, yeah, there's no real sense of what what we're doing now. It's all too diffuse, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. With, with the original stuff, it's like, right, this is new. This is novel. This is building to something big. Mm. Oh, the big thing has happened now. Yeah. And now we're just kind of meandering a bit. Well, like, I don't need... I don't need a roadmap laid out before me. It's like, I remember... I can't remember exactly... It might have been Coronation Street. (laughs) Okay. Or EastEnders. This would be interesting. Well, there was, like, a magazine... You know, there's, like, TV guide magazines that you get. Yes. Some people get. Old people get. One might guess. (laughs) Yes. Um... I think there was an article in one of those. Oh no, there was a, there was a news story about people complaining mm. that the TV guide didn't give away spoilers for EastEnders. Right, they wanted it spoiled. Yes. Why? Because that's what that's what has been happening all this time. Like the TV guide will say like this week on Coronation Street. Oh yeah, right. Gail is going to murder a dog. Yeah. And yeah. then, like, she murders the dog, and yeah. everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's what right. going to happen. Right, they stopped doing that. But they didn't do that one time, and right. people complained because they didn't do it. Do you know what? That's I haven't thought about that since. Yeah, like, my memories of my childhood were, like, in shops. When you you were looking... I can't remember the name of the magazine I got, but, like, a, you know, a boy's magazine. Yeah. And that'd always be, like, Soap Digest or whatever. Yeah, TV. And, yeah, it would always be, this week, today. blah, blah, will die. Yeah. I remember thinking then, like, but you're not supposed to know the no, end of yeah. something. Like and it was that. only with soaps. Only with soaps. Only with soaps. Well, it's because its audience is cattle, Jordan. <laughs> Let's face it. Like, it doesn't... The audience doesn't demand much today. Yeah. It's basically... I'm not saying all soaps are bad, and, like, 
So there have been, there's that like Dot Cotton episode of Coronation Street, which is like BAFTA nominated. Yeah. It's like a monologue. Fine, whatever. They've done some experimental things. But it's soaps basically exist, right? To cater to the, the gossip instinct. Hmm. It's, it's like, it's just an, another group of people living in Salford or London or the Yorkshire Dales hmm. that we can gossip about. That's what soaps are. Hmm. It's just, it, it expands your street. Yes. That's exactly what it is. So, like, yeah, the audience doesn't really demand much. Have you heard blah, blah, kill this one this week? Oh, did she? Never. You know. But, yeah, so they they complained that they'd stopped doing that. They'd stopped spoiling (laughs) the soaps. Okay. So I think they had to start spoiling it again. Right. Because because people were like, why aren't you telling us what's going to happen before it happens? Right. It's it's like a, a security blanket, isn't it? It's like uh, there's a comfort in that. Like, I know exactly what's going to happen. I think it it's might... It's like that Dark Knight thing. But I say, like, a bustle of souls is going to gonna blow up. Nobody panics because it's all part of the plan. All part of the plan. As long as we can expect it, yeah. it's fine, you know? It but, might be that, actually. Just like, yeah, I, I, I want... Certainty. I'm watching this for comfort's sake. Yeah. So well, yeah, I, I so want to know... To challenge you. Yeah. That's what I said, didn't I? I, I? The woman who works with my father, I gave her... I recommended Homeland to her. Mm. And she couldn't watch soaps afterwards. Yeah. So I, I, you've ruined it now. Like, I've been exposed to quality stuff. Yeah. And now I can't go back Where to Where exciting that. things could happen and it could go in any yeah, direction. Yeah, it could surprise you and it's, like, about interesting things. Yeah, because that's good. That, that, that yeah. kind of, like, surprise and just, like, yeah. riding that wave of quality is good. This yeah. is sort of the point I was making. I'm not one of those people who's like, you have to tell me which Marvel characters no, are right. going to defeat which villains. Right. Like, do you remember the first episode of... Uh, the first season of Preacher? Yes. Just like watching that going, where the fuck is this going? Right. There's like the, um, like I think the end, an episode either cold opens or cold ends Mm. with like this guy in like this uh, room Mm. full of like dials and switches. Yeah. And he just walks in he's like, oh, hey mate, I'm going to take over the shift now. And he like just sits down and like, that's the scene. Yeah. It's like, what's that room? Right. Where, is that in hell? Is that like metaphoric? What the fuck? Like... That's it's nice to yeah. have novelty, but I don't know these Marvel films. It doesn't give. I don't get the sense that this is like that. There is a plan. Well, it's because it's it's meat that comes in plastic packages, mm. isn't it? It's children's food. It's soft drinks. Yeah. That's what they are. You're not there to go. Oh my god, my whole conception of that has just been changed. Yeah, you're there to go. Yeah, that basically worked out the way it should have done, <laughs> and I am I am content. Maybe that's part of it. It's it's almost like um, something in a dystopia that they would disseminate on a constant loop to kind of pacify the masses. Or Marvel like, films. Yeah, like drooling, like, yeah, <laughs> it just keeps you in your place, the nice little sheep, yeah. you know? And this thing, I'm not one to like, oh, you need to go and seek out experimental Belgian art or anything no, like no. that. It's just like something that's not a formulaic certainty. Well, like Preacher. Like, I, I grew to dislike Preacher because I yeah. felt like it kept making promises it now it couldn't keep right like the first episode of each season of preacher mm. was all the, always this like really exciting expansive mm. kind of action orientated experience yeah like in in the pilot what's the name of the vampire cassidy cassidy yeah he like decimates those people on the plane yeah and then like stabs a guy and like drinks his blood and then jumps out of the plane yeah um tulip yeah like builds a bazooka that she uses to shoot something down. Yeah, yeah Like, yeah. all of this, like, really cool creative stuff. And then everything after that, it's, like, um, premium primetime drama speed. Yeah. So where it's, the, like, that kind of Breaking yeah. Bad, very deliberate pacing. Right, well, that's the good comparison. Because 
the pilot yeah it's a pilot right mm. that, that exists separately that's got this like over the top cartoonish thing yeah. and then it settles into something which a lot of pilot like Boardwalk Empire not as drastic but you know it's Scorsese then it's not yes and it kind of settles into being a drama um, a normal drama mm. and Preacher I'm a bit more disposed to that because I, I'm not a big fan of the constant over the top no like the boys it's okay but I don't like that constantly. I like it when... What's actually... Let's strip it down a bit. What's happening? Mm. Like Preacher, that was helmed by one of the Breaking Bad writers. Oh, right. So the fact that it became very Breaking Bad is, you know, opposite. Um, I liked that, I think, more than you did. My problem with Preacher is it got too dull. The first season was fine. Second season was really dull. Mm. I'll give it this. It had a good ending. Okay. A, A really memorable final shot. Right. Anyway, um... No, I take your point. That you, you don't want to know exactly where it's going. But I, I, I want... Well, a sense of where it's going. Yeah, and yeah, I, like, I want to trust that you know where it's going. Well, you need it for those films. Like, I was thinking, when you were saying completely unpredictable, hmm. I was thinking of The Leftovers, where... Yeah, that too. What, what anything could happen. Yeah. But when it does happen, it feels uh, inevitable, hmm. which is what the best drama does, right? Whereas Marvel... For a franchise that massive, you do need a bit of a sense of where... Because, look, when Iron Man, and then at the end of it, you've got, I want to talk to you about the Avengers initiative. Like, right, I now know what's coming. Mm. We're going to get a few individual films, and then there's going to be the Avengers. Yeah. And then, even when they were doing... And now we'll build up to Avengers 2, 3. That worked, because it was kind of consistent. Mm. Now, because it's so successful, and you're talking, like, macroeconomics, like... A micro nation's budget, GDP, yeah. is these Marvel films. There's no visible distinction between the TV shows and the films anymore. No, like it's such high production. I think Hawkeye, which is not the biggest Marvel property, no. $25 million an episode, I think is the budget. Right. Insane. Yeah, TV all of a sudden. Is it Game of Thrones? Is it Game of Thrones' fault? Partly, yeah. Because that Lord of the Rings TV show. Yeah. Was it like. $500 million is the budget. It's bonkers. Yeah. yeah. It's because it's what everyone's watching, isn't it? Everyone's yeah. watching Netflix and Amazon. But yeah, it's just like, I have no idea. One Division, that ended. Falcon and Winter Soldier, that ended. Mm. Loki's now ended. But that's coming back. The rest were miniseries, but that's been renewed. Mm. And it's like, I think the villain that popped up, uh, Kang the Conqueror, he's the villain in Quantumania, the Ant-Man film. Right. Which is the final film in this phase. Oh. So I don't know where, when he's going to pop up in the interim. Okay. It's weird. It's just like, I don't care about what's going on, mm. but it's still frustrating. It's still Well, that's kind of what I meant about um, when I saw that lightning and all of the, the films were on the end of the uh, various branches yeah. of lightning. Mm. It's like, right, there's no... Yeah, like there's a core in the sense that there is a main villain they're all eventually going to have to fight, but mm. there's, no, there's no core anymore. Yeah. Iron Man was the core. Mm. Captain America was the core. Mm. Thor was the core. Well, that's, Who's the core now? Who's the core? What's I, the core? Well, that's the thing. That, that's what I mean when I say that I think they're trying to replicate the comic book multiverse experience, yeah. which is there's no, like, that's the, the current Marvel story is that. Mm. That doesn't exist. It's just a bunch of disconnected, yeah. but still technically in the same universe stuff like my understanding is at the end of Black Widow spoilers yeah um, the 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 like the other Black Widow the the yeah, her sister yeah, yeah yeah the Florence Pugh Black Widow yes. is now Black Widow basically yeah. and Veep comes along and she's like yeah. do you want to meet the person do you want to kill Hawkeye do you want to kill Hawkeye yeah. it's like right so is is Florence Pugh the mm. core oh no no there really is no core at the moment yeah um, is One Division the core One Division felt really tertiary 
Like, that was its own story unfolding. I don't mind that so much. But it was her and this witch character. Yeah. It trapped in this bubble, literally. And then she escapes it. That's that story. You don't yeah. have to do anything with that now. Mm. Though I imagine Agatha's going to come back. Well, she, yeah. Well, okay. We'll get to all that. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say nomin- she was nominated for something. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The yeah. Falcon and the Winter Soldier was just like an action movie, basically, that's mm. over. Like, yeah. done. Um, yeah, there really is. I, I, I'm struggling to think of what is the, the central... After Iron Man being gone and the whole Avengers thing being gone, mm. what is the next? Because you've got the Eternals coming up, the Chloe Zhao film. Oh yeah, but the, and that's like a team of superheroes. Mm. In Thor, you've got the Guardians are there. Yeah, which is fine. Like I'm up for that. But what's that all building to? Yeah, what's the next Avengers? Like Spider Man, like the Spider Man Far From Home. It felt like the, like one of the intentions of that film was to make Peter Parker mm. the new Iron Man, quote unquote. Well, yeah, but like I think he inherits all of his tech, and he's like because Spider Man is a well known superhero in his own right. It's like, mm. well, he's symbolically inhabiting the role that Iron Man filled. Yeah, well, um, financially and commercially, certainly that as well. I, I think I, I don't know, but I would imagine now going forward, Spider Man is the most lucrative. Marvel property. Well, with... Or Black Panther. With Chadwick Boseman gone. Yes, yeah. Then, yeah, I would say it's Spider-Man. Yeah. So it's like, Wakanda Forever might do well, but, you like, it's not a Black Panther property anymore. Well, uh, is it, it's not called Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Yeah. Um, yeah, but he's, I would say, now probably the most dominant force in the franchise. Mm. So if there is a main character, it's him. Mm. But I think in the, the new film, uh, Doctor Strange is in it, mm. and he's the description that's been given is he's filling the role of uh, mentor that Tony Stark did for oh, right. Peter Parker. Okay. He's become his mentor now. Okay. Like, how long does he need a mentor? Yeah. I, mean, I know he's still, a, he's still a kid, which adds to the idea that he's going to be around for a while and the dominant yes. 20, 30 years they've got him for. Yes. But yeah, like how long? It's been three films, or will be three films. Mm. Does he need a mentor now, really? No, he's doing all right, isn't he? Yeah. Like Iron Man trusted him enough to give him his entire arsenal. Yeah. Because the problem is, right. I, don't, I don't think Tom Holland will ever... He's quite a short guy. Mm. He's not going to get any taller. No, like, this and, is... Tom Holland will look like this for the next 40 years. Which is a problem. Yeah. Because it's not like he can then become one day like Captain America. He's not going to get ripped and tall and... He's got, got... He is what he is. He'll grow a beard and that's how they'll get away with it. But he'll, even then, he'll look like a prepubescent. Yeah. Well, not prepubescent. <laughs> but like, you know, someone in adolescence who's trying to buy beer. Yes. Let's put on a fake beard or something. <laughs> he will. Yeah. But that's... Hello, my name is... I'm <laughs> John Adult. You know? yeah. I'm Spider-Man. Yeah. I am a man. So, uh, yeah. So, Black Widow. Um, yeah, Black Widow. I watched a film called Deer Skin. What's that? Uh, you, you saw Rubber, right? Yeah. About the tyre. Yeah, yeah. It's the director of that, Quentin Dupieux. Oh, right, okay. Uh, basically about a dude played by Jean Dujardin. Uh, who buys a deer skin jacket and loves it and gets involved with a woman and he's got people after him but there's not really in it and then he gets killed at the end spoiler and she takes the jacket and that's the film right there, okay. there is about I would say 20 minutes of the film is him looking in mirrors um, admiring himself in the jacket it's dull as fuck he's got he's got a style that Quentin oh yeah Dupuis. A, a, a weird little concept I'll make a film out of it yeah it didn't work this time um, I saw a film called Riders of Justice, which is a Scandi comedy. It's not very funny. Oh, oh no. <laughs> it's not at all. It, like, it's not a comedy. It's not a co- it, it, It's an action movie, an action drama with 
comic bets. Right. But they've described it as a comedy. Okay. So it's like Scandi drama, so bleak. But if there's any humour in it, it has to be called a comedy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like it's about this guy whose wife gets killed in a train explosion. <laughs> right. And um Hilarity like, ensues. Yeah. And this guy's on the on who like he thinks he can work out how everything's connected mm. and, and thinks that it wasn't an accident and there was like a terrorist thing and they join up to find out who did it. It's not a comedy. Or it's is like that, not a comedy. Is that just a, a stinging indictment of the state of comedy that that is considered <laughs> comedy, comedy now? Maybe. Like um, The Martian being nominated for Best Comedy right. was probably a sign that we were on the downward slopes, right? I think that's just a sign that they thought they would win if they submitted it in that category, you know? Yeah. Because there is a lot of humour in it. Like, it's a funny film. Mm. It's not a comedy. No. Um, but it's not a million miles away from one either, is the thing. Mm. Do you know You know what I mean? So I think, oh, if we put it in that category, it'll win. I think it did. Or Matt Damon won anyway. Right. Um, yeah, we watched a lot and really none of it worth no. talking about. With one exception that we'll get to later. So we talked about the first thing we actually planned to talk about. What's that? The Emmys. Well, yeah, the yeah. Matt Damon winning, nominated, there you go. winning awards. It's a the segue. Yes, exactly. The Emmys are just over. <laughs> no, they're they're the good. They're the ones that are allowed to stay, right? Are they? Well, the Golden Globes, the ones that we've we've gone. Nope. Oh yeah, well, you you don't exist anymore. Golden Globes yeah. come back when you're more black. Yes. But the Emmys are like, oh no, you're okay. Well, because the Emmys are doing that, is the thing. Okay. I don't know about the voters, Mm. but the awards-wise, very black. Right. Very, very black. Okay. A weird thing has happened in the last four or five years, which is like category monopoly. It used to be the case that even, I think in 2001 or two. The West Wing, at the height of its popularity, mm. racked up four Best Supporting Actor nominations, okay. right? Now, all good performances, but a fluke. That just doesn't happen, right? Mm. You don't get to own a category like that. Well, The West Wing, was it the biggest thing on TV at the time? It was certainly one of them, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's not like it was bad, deserving and everything, but odd. Mm. Uh, the general rule has been, you get one from a show. So Aaron Paul, and then when Giancarlo Esposito was undeniable, we'll nominate him as well. Okay, now Breaking Bad has two. So the thinking was Jonathan Banks, which then happened, and then Dean Norris, which didn't. But that was the kind of Mm. the thinking. And I think that's like, at the same time, if the five best supporting actor performances of the year are in the same show, Mm. then just nominate that show. On the one hand, on the other, bit of variety. And in the last four or five years, they pick like 10 shows Mm. and they just fill up every category. Yeah. Two or three leads, four supporting nominations. It's just lazy. <laughs> it's like Ted Lasso, which I think might win for some reason. I don't even know what you're talking about. It's an Apple show okay. starring Jason Sudeikis as a an American football coach okay. that's hired to coach an English soccer team. Right. And it's set here and it's all English actors with the exception of him. And it's completely middle of the road, inoffensive crap. Okay. It's just eh, pappy eh. But it's like got a vaguely positive vibe. You know, people love Parks and Rec partly because of that. Mm. Deserving, worthy. This has a bit of. I was going to say Parks and Rec was also good, though. You know, also very, very good and funny. Yeah. But this has that kind of. It's he's sort of nice, and the show is kind of nice. Okay. So we like it. But it's really it's rubbish. Okay. It's just disposable rubbish. But that's got four supporting actor comedy nominations. Okay. And I hadn't heard of two of them. 
Right. Like they're just guys in the show. Like I knew Nick Mohammed because mm. he's done some other shows in the UK. And I knew um, Brett Goldstein because he's done quite a few shows and he's branching into America now. Mm. Other two guys, never heard of them. And I'm not saying that in and of itself is an issue, but I tend to have heard <laughs> of, of, <laughs> of the, the people, people who have been nominated. Well, I suppose the question that I have for you mm. is what do you think is going on? Is it we are trying to assemble a diverse portfolio of nominees? And not diverse in terms of the shows, diverse in terms of the people within those shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it laziness? Mm. Is it just, there's so much goddamn fucking television at the moment. Yeah. We're just going to find, like, five shows that we like. Mm Mm-hmm. Five shows that people generally think is... Like, everyone's kind of watching and everyone kind of th- thinks, like, yeah, that's the best thing. Yeah. And we'll just nominate those. Yeah. Or is it just the television is just so bad? I think it's a mixture of all of the above. Okay. So... Bad in the sense that, like, that because there's so much of it... Yeah. There's a lot more mediocrity. Yeah. And I think you've, to- you've said multiple times to me as well that, like... Well, yeah, like you, this has been proven to you recently. Yeah. Maybe in part because of the Emmy nominations. Yeah. The golden age of television is over. Over. Yeah. Yeah. There is no great show currently airing on television. No. Whether it, whether that season is currently playing or whether we're between seasons, mm-hmm. there's no great show anymore. No. No, there's airing. no capital G great no. show. There's the best shows at the moment, I would say, are Better Call Saul, mm. Succession, maybe Atlanta. Few others that are really good, but nothing that will stand up to the Sopranos and the Breaking Bad. Mm. Yeah, I was thinking like in 2004, all at the same time, you had Lost, Deadwood, The Shield, The Sopranos, Six Feet Under, The West Wing, uh, may- maybe even Buffy or maybe Just Ended. Like, that is the golden age of yeah. television. All, all those shows. Always on like must watch television, top 50 television shows. Greatest shows. shows of all time. Yeah. You know, nothing like that now. No. Nothing that comes close. I think it's partly the nominations are down to, yeah, there's so much fucking TV. Mm. Let's pick a good one and just not like bombard it with nominations. Yeah. Uh, I think there must have been a change to the way that the voting is done okay. at some point to allow this to happen. Um, and yes, TV is so generally mediocre. Mm. That's just a general problem. Um, they look at the awards and they go, really, this is where we're at. Yeah, because was it WandaVision yeah. sort of mentioned that Catherine... Han. Han. Yeah. I was going to say, oh, Hannigan. Is there a Catherine O'Hannigan? Don't think so. Okay. Catherine yeah. Han. Han, yeah. Um, she got a nom- uh, nod at yeah. the Emmys. And Elizabeth Emmy Olsen did. Elizabeth Olsen did. Paul Bettany did. did. Paul Bettany did. The show did. The show did. The show has 23 Emmy nominations. Yeah. And I think, like, Mandalorian has 26 or 24. Yeah. It's like, I didn't even know you That's you could. Well, <laughs> I didn't think there were, there were enough Emmys. because they've got the creative arts Emmys as well, which is lighting and makeup and right. all the, like, the tiny, you know, say the tiny things. Yeah, shout out to all the little people, but you know what we're saying. Hmm. Um, guest acting is lumped into that. That's weird, isn't it? What now? Uh, so there's there's two ceremonies. There's the Primetime Emmy Awards, hmm. then there's the Primetime Creative Arts Emmy Awards. Okay. So in the main one, you've got, you know, Acting, shows, directing. Mm. And then in the creative um, arts ones, you've got, like, writing for non-fiction special and writing for a stand-up special. Right. And lighting and cinematography and all these things. Mm. And guest acting is in there. 
They award that in the same ceremony. Oh, as, not in the main one. Not in the main one. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, guest acting is a, is a satellite thing that's in the oh. Creative Arts Emmys. Okay. So that's how it racks up so many nominations. But that seems to be the big one of the big takeaways from this year's nominations, which is comic book uh, properties and geeky things are now getting recognised. Mm. And isn't that a good thing? Oh, is it? So one division, you know, um, the boys got a lot of nominations. Yeah. Um, and Mandalorian got a lot of nominations. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of people like Damon Lindelof saying, when I was a kid, it was not cool to read comic books. And now uh, we're in the golden age. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off. It's, no. So that's one of the big things. Another one is, I think, Lovecraft Country. The headline was, it's the most nominations for actors of colour in one show in one year or something like that. Okay. Because it's all black characters. Yeah, yeah. And like four have been nominated for in the various categories. Mm. Then there was one, there's a show called Pose, which is about trans people in New York in the 80s, but AIDS and all that. Right. And uh, the lead actress, actor, actress, whatever, in that MJ Rodriguez mm. is up for a lead um, actress Emmy. And the headline was, first trans woman to be up for major acting Emmy. Right. Emphasis on the major. Yeah. Trans actors have been up for Emmys. <laughs> like Laverne Cox was up for Orange is the New Black and everything. Yeah. But... Yeah, it was the first major. Okay. Act, which I just thought... No, no, no. This one counts, though. Yeah, not only reaching for a headline and, like, yay, progress, but also, like, a bit of a punch in the yeah. face of... Because <laughs> that was... I remember that being the big headline. First trans actor ever. Yeah, nominated. an actual trailblazer. Yeah, yeah. And now like, it's oh, like... Oh, not you, though. Yeah. Now oh. it's lead. Yeah. Pro, yeah, no. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, we've said before, and we, like, don't have a... We don't have a problem with observing these things but it should be on a website if you're really into like insider <laughs> baseball emmy stats one of the go-to examples for me is um spider-man into the spider-verse right miles morales is the first biracial uh yeah. superhero yeah well, the film doesn't deal with that at all at all yeah not only that but like the mother is barely a character yeah she's maybe in like three scenes and she has no real bearing on the plot no none yeah no the major relationship is with his father and his uncle, both of which are black. Yeah. So you just think of Miles Morales as a black superhero. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, even if you bring race into it, it's just like, oh, yeah, it's like the biraciality has nothing to do with it. Well, anything. it's incidental, which is, yeah. of course, how it should be, right? Yes. But then it's not a headline. Yeah. Why would you want to celebrate incidentality? Sure. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, on IMDb, when the nominations came out, so you, you have like the five top stories, and they were all along those lines first trans woman to be up for Emmy mm. f- uh, major Emmy most nominations for black characters and it's like this should this is not headline news <laughs> the, the news should be um, Emmy's nominees Emmy nominees announced read full list here the news should be Emmy, then, Emmys are dead Emmys are dead yeah uh, and then the rest should be just carrying on with the normal yeah. movie news you know so yeah it, like for me now that it's it is over Okay. Like seeing Ted Lasso and The Handmaid's Tale get nominated for like three or four supporting actress Emmys. Mm. You just think, for, for a season that's universally regarded as the worst, and it's probably the most nominated, mm. you just go, right, it really is just like, fuck it, stick stick to the same ones, mm. you know? I will admit, there's not been a lot of great television in the past year, but better than has been recognised. Yes. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um yeah, that's my Emmy rant. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I, I've been completely out of the loop with the Emmys. Yeah. So you don't need to get into it. I was, I was yeah. I'm just going to trust your assessment. God, I remember when it meant something to me, the Emmys. 
Yeah. Like, it mattered. Mm. Like, you, you rooted for people to win. Remember, we would meet up and predict who would be nominated. Yeah. And we'd have a good sense of who would be nominated. Yeah. Because there they wasn't 200,000 shows. No. <laughs> Exactly, and there was a chance that like, uh, like these are the the like the popular shows, and these are the critically acclaimed shows. So let's yeah. pool those, those together. What's that? My favorite show this year so far, right? It's something called Search Party. Right. It's not a masterpiece. It's in its fourth season, and I really liked its fourth season. Mm. There, there was a time when that could break through into the Emmys, like with one or two nominations. Mm. That won't happen anymore because of this blitzkrieg. Mm. Of of monop- monopolies, you know, um, we're just going to pick Ted Lasso, Handmaid's Tale, Mandalorian, Ozark, The Crown. Yeah, they get all the nominations. Mm. That's not going to happen anymore. So if the awards have any point, which is to promote unseen, yeah, uh, content, it's not even doing that. Is that part of it as well? Are they they leaning more into the like? Oh, we know people are actually watching these things. Mm. So people like they'll tune in to watch the awards because it's everyone's watching the Mandalorian, everyone's I'm, watching Ozark. That's definitely part of it. Yeah, that's definitely part of it. But um, it's that steam fry thing, isn't it? What are you for? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, nominate the actually the best stuff. Yeah. Or like you know, shine a light on some of the more obscure stuff that maybe deserves. Yeah, oh, look, it's all down to taste. This isn't just me moaning that the shows I like didn't get nominated. It's don't carpet bomb every category. Yeah. Leave some room for like a, an underdog or someone to slide in. I'm just, oh, I'm just lamenting when Michaela Cole wins something for I May Destroy You or right. what that speech is going to be. She'll uh, win something. Yeah, yeah. If not actress, she'll win writing or something like that. Yeah. Ugh, I'm shivering. And it's <laughs> boiling hot. Yeah, um, I, you know, I'm uh, grateful and everything, but this award doesn't uh, reflect my complexion. Exactly, it's golden. It's yeah. golden, yeah yeah. 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 And you're not golden, are you? No. Should we move on? Okay, what are we moving on to? Uh, Sam's Lexicorner. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> yes, some brightness, not bright at all. Oh, no? No. Oh, Here's no. Sam's Lexicorner. Samuel. Words. Crazy. Sam's lexicon. I've I've improved upon something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're, I'm sure you're familiar with the LGBTQ plus IAQ two squared um, omega symbol fish Z acronym, right? Uh oh. <laughs> I've improved upon it. See, my problem. Uh oh. <laughs> there's nothing offensive here yet. Um, <laughs> okay. My problem with it is that I'll ask you, what is the purpose of that acronym? Um, well, I think it's an initialism, isn't it? But go on. Yes, because it, yeah. it's not a word. It's not a word. Yeah, the, yeah. the initials don't make a word. Um, to catalogue mm. the minorities. Sexual minorities. Sexual minorities. Okay, so one sexuality. Um, not exclusively, right? So what else should be included in that? Well, like sex and gender, right? That's the field it's kind of operating so in. So gender too? Yes. But, okay, presumably not purely minorities, because then men would be in there. Um, more women than men. Well, like, minority in the sense that it's like the nuclear norm, the nuclear... Biological norm. Right. I.e. men and women. Yeah. Straight men and women, basically. Anything outside of that. Anything outside of that. Right. 
Okay, that's what it's for, right? To sort of like, it's like um, Roy G. Biv. It's sort of yes. like it's like a, a mnemonic, right? Device for you to kind of like. Yeah, but I no, I, yeah, like, okay. Uh, I know there's there's lesbian, gay, bisexual because it's LGB. You know, yeah. I but, guess it's like it's the sort of like oh here's all of the other stuff in a in a handy compact place. But oh yeah, okay, yes, that's what it's meant to be. Mm. Roy G. Biv though has a consistent theme. Being that they are all actually colours of the rainbow. Okay. And it makes sense. Okay. And it's a thing. Um, my problem with it has always been it's just incorporated a bunch of other stuff. Like, I don't know what this means anymore. So, L, lesbian. Yeah. G, gay. Well, they're the same thing. Like, different genders, but they're both homosexual. No, isn't gay lesbian as well, right? Gay is both yeah. of them. Now it is, yeah. Yeah. But, like, traditionally, gay meant man on man, lesbian, woman on woman. Right, okay. Yeah, gay is now... Um, yeah, multi, not even uh, unisex, multi-sex. Hmm. Um, yes, so those two, fine. You could categorize them as one, but fine. Hmm. Bisexual, down with that. Hmm. That's fine. Transgender. Oh, we start going off the beaten track a bit. <laughs> okay. Because what what does that say at all about your sexuality? What is it saying that you are a transgender or you um, are attracted to transgenders? Well, like I that's your... That's your sexual orientation. No, I think it's saying that you are transgender. Right, okay. Yeah, that has no... Yeah, well, if you're working on the assumption, yeah. as I think you are, that mm. this is the sexual orientation list, yes. then yes, we're deviating from that. We're deviating. Even if you were attracted to transgender people, because there are people who like trans people as like... Not as a kink. There is that as well, though. Mm. But they're into that. That would still place them either straight or gay generally speaking is that even how it works anymore? no but you know what i mean like if we do if the whole idea is i'm a man now i i but i'm really a woman and now i'm presenting as a woman okay then if i if you find me attractive you're straight there's nothing deviant or about that it's you're just straight right i'm a woman so okay you know what i mean anyway that's let's not get into that I, I'm, I'm i'm like trusting you so far i'm gonna agree with you no no just to say that i, I don't I, Transgender is not a sexuality, is it? it mm. It's a state of gender. Okay. But there's more than that now, isn't there? Yes. So I, I think we should maybe go through the other letters okay. before I reveal my lexicon. Okay, all right. It'll be the longest Sam's lexicon ever. Yeah. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I want to condense it to five simple letters. Okay. So can you Google? Oh, right. Okay, I'm Googling. Yeah. I'm Googling something. Yeah, I need to know what all the other letters maybe, are. Maybe uh, warning. Warning. <laughs> the, the, no, for, for me. <laughs> for you, okay. That I had to Google. And also yeah. that I have to be party to God knows what <laughs> hellfire you're going to okay. bring upon us. All right. Oh, no, Google heard all of that. Did it? Yeah, because I said that and I looked down and it said God knows what hellfire. <laughs> In the search engine. So what am I looking at? I guess the most comprehensive um, extended list. Okay. Well, already, yeah, I'm not sure. Are they, are they contradictory? Well, there's like I've just typed in LGBTQ full acronym, yeah, and I've got a couple of different versions. Right, go with longest. Okay, LGBTQ. I'll trim this down. Full form. <laughs> this is my <laughs> final form. <laughs> Who's likely to? CNN, BBC, BuzzFeed, Vox, Independent. Who's likely to be the most? 
Out of those, yeah. CNN maybe. What are all the letters in LGBTQ? Yeah. Quora.com. Mm. Oh, that's, that doesn't help me. It's like genitals. It's like, that's nothing to do with it. I don't know why it's so hard to find. Yeah, it shouldn't be yeah. this hard to find no. an acronym that society is so... Accepted, basically. Yeah. I like to think that this is not me going all <laughs> boomer. Because I just typed in, like, LGBTQ full acronym. Yeah, yeah. And I'm having to correlate dates to make sure that I'm, like, picking the right one. Right. And, like, I'm having to consider, like, right, who's more leftist? Like, the BBC or The yeah, Guardian? Yeah. I mean, any will do, really. It's just to make the example, isn't it? Yeah. Bloomington Pride? Well, yeah, okay. That sounds like they would know. Yeah, glossary of terms. Oh, it's, no, it's alphabetical. I don't want it to be alphabetical. What, in alphabetical order? Yeah. I don't get that. How's no, that hang on. This is completely wrong, because it's like ageism and androgynous. Um, oh, it's just a, a glossary. Ableism, yeah. A drossary. Fuck, this is... Yeah, oh, there you go. <laughs> drossary. LGBTQ plus full acronym 2021. There you go. Let's Let's try that. No, I don't want to hear about the LGBTQ <laughs> Film Festival. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This he, is not he, a bit. He won't be there. This is not a... No, he, no. <laughs> he won't be there. Yeah, genuinely, this is not a bit. No, no. We're, just, we're, we're not doing this to be reductive. We're not doing this to be like... I imagine as well, this in the edit, you've probably condensed like five to ten minutes of looking. <laughs> Yeah, I'll trim some of this down. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But this is just... We've been looking for a while. <laughs> oh, my God. Should I look at it on you? No, hang on. No. Right, we found one. We found one. I don't know if it's the okay. one. Listen, there is no central agreed upon... Right, the thing that I'm on, it like, the title is... The ultimate LGBT inclusion and Q&A guide. They'll do. They'll do. A Q&A, two of the letters. They are, aren't they? Um, oh, yeah, they are in there. Yeah, 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 I don't know when this was published. Yeah. This might be outdated or something. There's I no uniform definitive list, but this is a, a generally good representation. This is what we're going to use. This is what we're going to use. And I imagine this forthcoming analysis will be both our own opinions mm. and, well, just to see what happens. Yeah, I don't like this. Um, no, 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 you're no, making no, no. me uneasy, Sam. I want to. I want to <laughs> talk about their placement in the list and their existence in general. Okay. <laughs> right. So, what do you want? Well, right. We know L is lesbian, G is gay, B yeah. is bisexual, T is transgender. What's yes. next? Q, which is queer. What does that mean? It's an umbrella term oh, used to cover God. the entire slash the broad range. Of the LGBTQ2 plus community. So it's like putting in in Roy G. Biv, it's like putting rainbow into that. Yeah, that might be a decent way of putting yeah. it, actually. Because that was Rainbow, always... red, you know. Because my understanding was the queer used to be there never was an LGBTQ. There right. was just queer. Right. Queer is all the other stuff. Yes. Then, Everything that's not straight. Yes. Then lesbianism and gayism and bisexualityism. Yeah. Bisexuality... Yeah, that's yeah. it. No, no, I'm trying to think of, like, if there's a better... Bisexualities. Right. I 
ignore that. What are you trying to say? I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a fun, like... What? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be one of those episodes where it's like, yeah, we, we say a couple of decent things, but it's a dry... <laughs> it's a dry listen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, LGBTQ replaced queer, but then queer was put into LGBTQ, again, with a similar purpose. Did, did, did it used to be queer? Because... This is my understanding of it. Okay. I'm, I'm not saying this is it. This is just what I it was always, understood yeah. it to be. LGBT was always what I knew. Just LGBT. Then there was a Q. I one always day. knew LGBT, but I think yeah. I was told by someone um, from a previous generation yeah. that it used to be queer. Okay. And then right. the lesbians and the gays and the bisexuals yeah, you became know what? so mainstream yeah. that they deserved their own recognition. That, that sounds right. I feel like queer magazines used to be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then uh, queer existed within that. To serve a similar function, where it's like, right, you've got not like normal as in like straight, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, like the the thing people. Well, normal is are. the correct word for it. Yeah, the, the thing. thing people typically yeah. are. There's not a moral judgment in there. It's no, like st- statistically, yes, normal. Yeah, but yeah, you've got that. You've got that. You've got gay. You got bisexual. You got lesbian, and yeah. then you got queer. So it's all of the other stuff. If there is indeed anything left, okay, queer is like. It That's, just it blanket it covers it all. Yes, right. But now the acronym, with each passing day, it seems, it's just acquiring more letters. Yeah. So I don't know what the queer is supposed to represent anymore. Well, no, like if anything, it would be this is the queer acronym, the quackronym. The, <laughs> the quackronym. There's, yeah. a, there's a, a subsidiary Sam's letter. <laughs> yeah, a little to yeah, sort yeah. of yeah to to keep you going until we actually get yes. to the, the main one. Um, yeah, like this is the queer acronym, and then you you break it down. Yeah, because right? if I'm right. And queer is supposed to represent queer everything. is the and everything yeah, else. Yeah. We've taken to just saying what the everything else is. Yeah, like don't, so. What's queer for? Well, this is, this reminds me of our Scott Cawthon discussion. Okay, where we were talking about how the games had this kind of mystery to them, mm. and you piece together information from the the you know, in world stuff. Mm. Um, and then people were like, what does that mean? And he gave an inch of context, right. which opened up a whole new bunch of questions. Okay, and then that never ends. And I feel like. Either, either just queer, or you have to list everything, and and they've gone for the latter. Mm. Which do you know what I mean? Like, but oh, they've kept queer, as uh, you say. I know they've kept queer. They've in put it. rainbow in, in Roy G. into Biv. the Roy G. Biv. Yeah, so it's a Roy G. Biv now. <laughs> <laughs> Roy G. Biv. <laughs> Get oh, over your Roy G. Biv. All right, love. <laughs> all right, that's Roy G. Biv eyes. That's right. Um, Roy G. Biv does sound like an alcoholic in a local pub. He does, doesn't he? He's Roy G. Biv, he is. Off his face. Same again, Roy. Ah, Aye. yes, love. Um, well, he's of the Biv clan. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking terrorised these valleys for years. What does G stand for, do you think? Roy G. Biv. Yeah, yeah, what does the G stand for? Um, Gethin. <laughs> Roy, Roy Gethin Biv. Biv. Yeah. Anyway. Um... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they put. I like that like, he's part of this uh, crime syndicate that's terrorized the valley for years. Yeah. But they still treat him really, like, they're really affable towards him. That's well, how we are in here, and that's how we are in the valley. So I was Roy, man, he's killed a couple of blokes, and he's, <laughs> he's a good laugher. <laughs> um, yeah, I sounded really like my uncle when I said that then. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah. not, 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 the, not the, the the subject matter. No, no, no. I was just going <laughs> to say, accent. from what I know of your uncle, yeah, like yeah. if there was a Roy G. Biv, he'd be friends with him. Yeah, probably, because he, um, know, he he knows everyone. He's one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. My family are like that. Unfortunately, yeah. they know a lot of people. <laughs> they know a lot of people. Uh, yes. So Q has gone in there, but yeah, it's like because they've started like exp- really breaking it down. Mm. Yeah, someone's going to go. I'm not in that list. Oh, for add, add a T. 
Fuck out of you. Oh, there you go. What's the, what's the I May Destroy You Woman? Michaela Cole. It's that again, isn't it? That one yeah, thing yeah, I know right. from the show that you told me. It's like, oh, but I'm actually... Uh, forgive me if I get it wrong. But it's like, oh, yeah. I'm actually like Colombian black. But that's not in this list. Yeah, I'm having 15% poor. I think it literally, it's it's not exactly, it's not these ethnicities. Mm. But it's the fact that, like, it doesn't represent the exact. It's like, oh, I'm 15% Puerto Rican and 15%, yeah. you know, Kenyan. And yeah, it's, yeah, that's what it's doing. Mm. It's like, oh, can we just put, like, white and other? <laughs> it's just too because it's, well no you may you can give them like black and Asian as okay well, fine but this, we've talked about this before we but Middle other things like you, put in. you break it down infinitely into the whole oppression Olympics you know the hierarchy of yeah. I'm oppressed then th- you can only end up with the individual mm. which is what they don't realise civilization already did yeah but the Enlightenment you can only but if for the sake of fucking rounding up on a form there's going to be white, black, Asian, other alright mm. deal with it we, we're not going to put a special thing for Inuits in there it's not going to happen alright because <laughs> it does reach a point where it, it, it becomes so inconvenient it's so inconvenient but that's the thing but like, if, even if you're reducing it to LGBTQ plus someone's going to c- come along and go oh you're, you're reducing me to a plus I'm just I'm, I'm miscellaneous am I yeah there's that element to it as well but just like like if you're if you belong in that group yeah or if you're an ally to that group, like right. you agree with, like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't belong there, but I, I'm down with it. I'm down with it. Yeah. Like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in the club without being allowed in the club, sort yes. of thing. You're going to take the time to like, oh, this is the proper acronym, so I'm going to say it in full, right, as a sign of respect. Yeah. People who don't <laughs> half an hour later, you might get to have a conversation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. People who don't respect it, or people who are clueless to it, or people, be- basically the other side of that. Yes. You're making it inconvenient for them. Mm. So the people who hate it mm. are going to be like, "Oh, look at this! This is fucking ridiculous." Yeah. The people who don't know any better are going to be like, "Oh, it's a bit much." I think you're kind of intimidating me out of it now. I think it, it, it's fair to say that a large part of, of what fuels this, I think is that it is inconvenient for people that aren't down with it. Mm. That it does irritate people. Like, oh, what now? And not people not people who are opposed to it. Well, just par- partly that. Partly that. They're in there. It's but like, just like yeah, yeah. The, the, um, the middle ground as yes. well. Yeah, John Q. Public. Yeah. yeah. Who are just like, oh, yeah, I, I, I'll uh, hear you out about this thing. Yeah, I'm fine I, with it. But like, must I say all that? Yeah, you're still, okay, you're still, like, you're still telling me the acronym. Yeah, yeah. Okay, should I just get a coffee? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You done yet? No? Okay, I'll be back. Right. It's, it's like all usual caveats. There needs to be a a quick mm. queer would do. You know what I mean? I'm queer. <laughs> oh, what? What are you? Well, I'm bisexual. Got it. Yeah. It, it sounds like you have a solution. Well, let's let's carry on going. Yes. So we've got so queer with you know transgender. You don't agree with? I because... don't agree with because it says nothing about your sexuality. Okay, so it's deviating from the topic of the list. Intersex itself. Intersex yeah. itself. Queer is sort of redundant. Yeah, it is the acronym. Yeah, it's yeah. queer or... Like, yeah, it's queer or it's everything else. Yes. Okay. Um, there's another cue in here. Yeah. Questioning. Right. That's a state of mind. Okay. That's including a state of mind. It might as well put ambivalent in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. It's like oh, certain. C for certain. Yeah. Like, that's just... You don't know what you are yet. You don't know where you are in that list. That's not one... That's not on the list. You know what I mean? Yeah, I might be in this list. It's like, yeah, it's like people who are irreligious. It's like, well, I'm, I'm an atheist. Yeah, okay, we'll put an A in. No, 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 I'm not in your list. <laughs> That's the whole point. Is it like um, 
at the different stages as well. Like Q is questioning, and then yeah. like oh P for pending. P for pending. It's like yeah. I I've, I've decided if I'm in the list or not, but like yeah. This is the, the period of time between me deciding and me declaring. Yeah, as soon as they suck a deck C for confirmed. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's like um, the uh, provisional, provisional license. <laughs> yes, right. it's like I provisional gay. Yeah, provisional gay. Yeah. yeah, it's like I've passed, but like give me a year right. before I can do it properly. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to learn how to drive properly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the uh, questioning is on there. Yeah, well, that's a statement. That's got nothing to do with anything. So okay, it pertains to the subject, but not in any way that it should be represented on the list. No. Okay. Intersex. Uh, that's again. That's sex. Biological sex that has nothing to do with your sexuality. Yes, intersex is not. It's in the acronym, but it hasn't like given me a definition in this article. Well, intersex is that you're basically born with genitalia or, or characteristics of both genders. Oh right. So, um, what's the old word? The one that I know it by. Transsexual. No, it's like... No, that's what transgender used to be. Yeah, it's, um... Oh, um, hermaphrodite. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. How, that's how I yes. knew it has. That's what, that's what it which is. Which I'm assuming is not okay anymore. I assume it's gone the way of Siamese twins. Okay. Which is, we can't say that anymore. Oh, it's conjoined. Not? It's conjoined twins. Right, okay. Because Siamese is because the first famous conjoined twins were from Siam, Thailand. Oh, right, okay. Uh, so, I, I imagine... Oh, it's no, gone that, that well. gives it historical context. I know. Well, to be fair, it would be a... Not personally, but, like... Well, we're not Siamese, we're not Thais. That doesn't, it doesn't pertain. Are we not allowed to call them Siamese cats anymore? Well, I'm not sure. No, because they, they are all do come from Siam, I would have thought, right? Or well, at least no. originally. Originally. Like, a Siamese twins, it's not like they, they birthed all future conjoined <laughs> twins. They were just the first popular ones. They right. weren't even the first, you know. Okay. Um, the hermaphrodite, I don't really know. Aphrodite, presumably. And Hermes? Like, herma- like there's a male-female thing going on there, but... Oh, I have no idea. Like, like androfem. There's something like that, you know what I mean? Where it's, it's man-woman. You are just throwing words at me right now. <laughs> okay. No, I made that one up. But, oh, right, like, okay. It would be the equivalent I didn't that. even know! <laughs> it's all made up, innit? <laughs> um, and this is where they start getting angry. Intersex. Okay, yeah. So that's going to do with your sexuality either. No. Okay. okay. Uh, pansexual. Don't know what that, that is. That is... Right, we've had an argument about this before. We have. I think somebody that we know who has identified as pansexual. I know a few people, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think she was um, taking us through it before. Right. And because to the untrained ear, mm. to the untrained mind, yes. bisexual and pansexual, it's tautology, right? Yeah. But I think the distinction is that bisexual is... Like on a flesh level. Well, that's the thing. I don't even think that. I think there's currently a d- an internal civil war debate happening in the quackronym community. <laughs> right. In the quack community. Are oh, there quacks from now on, as far as I'm concerned? Um, Are you not even going to use your uh, Sam's lexicon that you, we will eventually reveal? <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's that as well. Uh, the, the quack civil war um, <laughs> is the, the, you know, this whole idea of disappearing people mm. so at the moment it's oh pansexuals are disappearing bisexuals that's right. the kind of internal debate oh, so all bisexuals are basically like oh I, I was I guess I was pansexual the whole time yeah or like you don't need this pansexual thing like it was covered we did it already right bisexual. Okay. Um, yeah pansexual I always understood it to be it's a non-shallow bisexual it's yeah. a bisexual with depth yeah pansexual you are attracted to somebody's personality regardless of their gender yes. identity. Right. Whereas bisexual, initially it was 
uh, you're you're gay and you're straight. Well, you're attracted to both men and women. You're yeah, yeah. attracted to both men yeah. and women, but then men and women cease to exist. Well, I think that's mainly the thing. Now. So bisexual ended up like right, okay. So it's not just men and women anymore. It's men, women, and all the other ones. Yeah, I think partly it pat themselves on the back. There's this whole oh no, it's the personality. But also, when, when you get past that... It's like the abortion thing. It's when they say, oh, but what do you feel about um, women who are raped? Do, do you still... Hmm. Um, are you still pro-life? You know, are you still... And then, as Ben Shapiro always does, says, um, right, if I agree with you that women who are raped and women who will die, hmm. uh, it's okay for them to get abortions, are we then agreed that all the others are not okay? And hmm. they'll go, no. He said, right, well, don't give me that. Yeah, if you do, you know so that that's just a nonsense thing that you don't believe in. I think pansexual, when you argue it long enough, they will get to the point where they say, "Oh no, it's because there's more than two genders." Right. Okay. It covers all the other ones as well. It okay. could be anything. But bisexual does as well. No, because there are more than two genders. No, no, no. But this is my point. Yeah, bisexual used to mean straight and gay, men and women. Yes, but not because. There's more than men, men and women now. Right. It includes everyone. Yes. Well, Which, that's what, again... That's what pansexual is. No, no, no. That's bisexual. No, that can't be, be No, because that would make bisexual... That Archaic. would make it something to fight against. Well, y- yeah, but... That, because bisexual, it, me- like, bisexual admits yeah. that there are only two genders. One so of for the- it to continue existing in this list yeah. of acceptance... It has to concede that there are more than two genders. So even though we haven't changed the name bisexual, yeah, yeah, yeah. its meaning has expanded. Well, it's one of the billion contradictions of this whole movement, isn't it? Well, that, like that. No, it is. A, you can't have both because bisexual. No, there isn't both. Etymologically, two. So yes, th- that's the it. etymology is wrong because the etymology yeah, is yeah, archaic. Yeah. yeah, but that's because the definition has been updated. So bisexual no longer means two. That's uh, been overwritten. Has it? Yeah. Are you, on what authority are you saying this? The the pansexual friend. The our mutual pansexual friend. Oh, really? Friend. Okay. Yeah. That's what they said? Yeah. The bisexual used to mean two, and then obviously more than two genders. So it doesn't make sense on a language level anymore? No. But, so what is pansexual then? It's emotional. You, you're attracted right. to like the personality of the someone. The spirit of the person. Yes. Okay. Whereas bisexuality, you can be attracted to anyone of any gender. Yeah. But it's... Again, like your kind of your definitions, like pansexual is the less shallow, right? Bisexual. Okay, uh, it doesn't exist. Okay, there's All there's, right. there's, there's bisexual uh, that like that are fuck boys and sluts that will yeah. just if they wanna if they like look of you they'll fuck you, and then there are bisexuals that really care about personality. Mm. Like, is, do we make that distinction between? I was gonna name. I was gonna name the person there oh, right. between someone, people that we know that just will fuck anything that moves, mm. but are straight, and then people like us that um, will tell ourselves this that we care about personality, and that's why <laughs> that's why we don't get. No, you know what I mean, though. Like the difference between a shallow and a deeper um, straight person. Yeah. We don't make that distinction. No, no. I like the uh, the you know um, the idea of like oh we folk like. We focus on the personality of someone. Yeah, that's fine. But, but so do we. But that doesn't distinguish us but it's, from... Yeah, its very existence within the list implies that all of the other options don't. Yeah. So Especially bisexuals. Like, oh yeah, but we're bisexuals, but we actually care about you. Yes. Yeah, so, so it's kind of shifting on bisexuals. Yeah. Insofar as it pertains to um, being attracted to someone for their personality, that's just... That's, that has nothing to do with your sexuality, mm. really. And if, as it pertains to 
it, 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 because there are multiple genders, mm. that is not a thing anyway. So it has no place on the list. Okay. Doesn't exist. Carry on. <laughs> right. Okay. So most of these don't exist according to you. No, well, they don't. Do they? Okay. Does Two Spirits exist? No. Okay. I don't even know what it is, but it doesn't exist. Two Spirits. Oh, yeah. This one's really specific. This is like, I think it's Native American. Native American. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The idea is that you can, regardless of your biological sex, mm. which doesn't exist, right? Mm-hmm. Does biological sex not exist? I think that there's debate about that as well. Okay. Like there are there are half that say uh, it does, but it doesn't like mean that much. Like you can be born a biological male or female, but like it doesn't matter. Okay, it doesn't say anything about your gender. Um, and then there are half that say it literally doesn't exist. Okay, yeah, right. But yeah, two spirit is you have the spirit mm. of both men and women within you. See, this so you is have so... a male spirit and a female spirit within you. See, this is where, I mean, we've already skirted around it and it's kind of endemic throughout the movement, but this is where it starts to get into like religious supernatural hogwash. Like they believe, <laughs> they believe no, they're believing in spirits now. Like they, they wouldn't believe in Jesus or God or the no, Holy this Spirit is, or anything like that. Th- this is uh, exclusively within the Native American community. Yeah, I'm assuming. That's fine. I'm assuming that an Asian man yeah. could not identify as two spirited. So you have to be Native American to. I'm assuming so. There's nothing within okay. that definition that suggests that it's a broad. Okay. Identifying. But in, in terms of the people that would spout this list and would believe in the existence of such things, mm. like yeah, that's a legitimate thing. Yeah. This is religious thinking now, because it's, I mean, it's all religious thinking, but supernatural thinking. I was going to say, does it, does it fall into the category of religion? Like that sort of Native American? No, no, I'm just talking about, well, kind, yeah, kind of, right? It's, it's not organized religion in the same way. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's religious in the sense that it's spiritual. Yes. But it's, I don't think people would immediately put it in the category of religion. It doesn't feel like a religion. No, it doesn't feel like one. No, that's true. Yeah, because it's... Is there even a god? Oh, you're talking about like... Or is it just like there are spirits? There's not even like Native American. Native American is divided into like hundreds of tribes. And there's not even one, you know, I couldn't... I really am not educated about all that. No. But yeah, it doesn't feel like a religion because they don't have churches. It's not organized in that way. Yeah. It's tribal, isn't it? But um, what I mean about supernatural thinking is this idea of spirits. Mm. Like, entitled to believe all that stuff. And, you know, I don't have any problem with that kind of religious thing. No. I'm just talking about the kind of atheistic, nihilistic, empty douchebags in the West that would uh, you know, spout this list off. Yeah. That would believe in such thing. Right, what are you... T- you and this is nonsensical now. Mm. Because you're actually talking about something non-physical. Yes. Yeah, and non-psychological even. Like, the, you, there is there are two spirits within you. Mm. And I'm... It, it's weird... I do have a double standard. For the Native American tradition, if they believe that, I'm fine with that. Mm. But in, in, as it pertains to gender on this list, it's like, no. Because you would throw away anything uh, vaguely Christian or vaguely Jew- Jewish. Oh, yeah. But you're down with the two-spirit thing. Yeah, exactly. You can fuck off. So, no. Not, <laughs> okay. Not a thing. It's probably that as well, right? It's sort of... It's there as a sort of acknowledgement to the... Like, it's the going on a gap year. I mean, it's it's definitely that, yeah. but like you know, I, I I wonder if this was a precursor to because now we have the, it's not in this specific acronym, 
But we've got like the race is starting to make its way to the LGBTQ bracket, isn't it? Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. it's on the flag. Yes. Um, so I wonder if this is kind of a precursor to that. Where it's sort of like, you know, you as Native Americans, you are Included. also a rather oppressed group. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. By the evil white man. Jews so them, even right. if, even though... You're, well, yeah, I know. You, you, yeah. It's, it's fine. They're white now, aren't yeah, they? It's, it's yeah, it's fine. We did the Jews, are, you know. <laughs> yeah, they're white. They have all the money. They're and they're killing the Palestinians. Sure. So yeah. they're, they're basically evil white men. No. The, the, the true answer is they're successful. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. They weren't successful. Well, isn't Asian kind of going in that direction yeah, as well? Yeah, Asian's becoming white. I reckon within five years, yeah. Asian will be white, basically. Like Asian privilege is becoming more, rec- quote-unquote, recognized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I wonder if it is a precursor. Because like, even though... Um, it's nothing to do with your like gender identity or your sexuality mm-hmm. because you are oppressed by evil white men yes you belong on this list with us yeah no yeah it's it's trying to hoover up as many my, different minorities as it can hmm. but I'm pretty sure in the the end result will be there's more of them than there are of us <laughs> I remember like in school like we were with the, the quote unquote outcast group that identified as like yeah we're like the marginalized yeah we're, we're, we're the freaks and the geeks and the nerds and the goths and the emos yeah and they, we were by far the largest group <laughs> there was like forty of us because we were including right the, exactly. the goths and the yeah. emos and yeah, the, yeah. you know the punk rockers and all of those ones as well yeah so yeah you just by that point you're just outnumbering the normal right. people um, I think we're near the end of this acronym okay so two spirit. Nothing does exist, but it doesn't belong in this realm. Well, no, it, it doesn't actually. Ex- if you're asking me whether it actually exists at all, okay, then no, obviously not. Right, but Native Americans are entitled to their beliefs. Okay, the, these people are just fucking they, hypocrites, is what it is. Okay, that's what I don't like about it. Right, so we got two A's. Yeah, that's what's left in this acronym. Okay, the first one is androgynous. That's how you look. Yeah, that's not that's just appearance. Yeah, that's not an identity. No, right? that's just yeah, that's a style. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's Tilda Swinton, you fashion know? Fashion style. Yeah. Um, it's LaRue and Tilda Swinton and David Bowie and... Yeah. It's just how you look. You yeah. You look a bit... Like you have features of both. It's got nothing to do with your sexuality. Next. Well, uh, being androgynous, I assume, is an extension of a different identity, right? What do you mean? Well, you've got people who... Like, well, some people can't help being androgynous. No, some people can't help yeah. it, but they might try and, like, you know, oh, I'll put on makeup to look more feminine or I'll dress more... Well, okay. This but way I mean, like, to look more masculine. Tilda Swinton is androgynous, mm. but she wouldn't have to do much to be androgynous. Like, she just looks... She's statuesque, no, she isn't she? Yeah, like, she's played... Obviously, you know, she uh, biologically female, so she yeah. plays a lot of female characters, but then... What's the film? The remake of the old horror film? Suspiria. Yes. Where she played a man. Is she a man in that? She's a man in that. Well, she plays um, David Bowie in a music video. Oh, yeah. Which, so, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, that's just how you look. Yeah. But yeah, like, if, you know, oh, I'm a man, but I dress up as a woman. That, what, 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 what Eddie is that? Like that is. is that what Eddie, Eddie is? It used was? to be. I think he's recently said he now identifies as being a woman. Okay. Well, you have to now, don't you? Yeah, they they've all gone under the rug, the, the transvestite, and I'm I'm nostalgic for that. <laughs> for the, yeah, yeah, I genuinely am. In the same way, I'm nostalgic for um, the word uh, sexist, right? Because that's been replaced by misogynist. I know they're slightly different. Like sexist can apply to mm. any, but just no one says that anymore. Oh, you 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 sexist pig. Mm. It's all even misogynist. It, it's just uglier. It's, it's such a um, an ugly word. It is, yeah. Misogynist. Like, it's like m- misogyne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, th- sexist was the, the ni- 80s and 90s. And when people used it, like, they probably got a point. Mm. 
it just reminds me of that again the golden age of TV and just like <laughs> when feminism and racial race relations were like just at a decent zenith mm. like we'd done it basically um, and transvestite yeah like a bloke that likes dressing up as a woman doesn't think he's a woman has a cock wants a cock but dr- likes dressing up in a dress yeah. and doing drag acts on stage that's over that's yeah. gone you know what's, um, the, what's the like I say what's the recent one there's so many yeah was it Demi Lovato she well can't say that anymore they is it they came out as non-binary yes right and then I think I think I saw like a like an article was like Demi Lovato says it's okay if you mispronoun her right oh they Demi yeah. Lovato says it's okay if you mispronoun <laughs> them most yeah you mispronoun yeah. them and like all of the comments were like oh thank god <laughs> thank oh god. Some, yeah. what am I I can sleep easy yeah exactly yeah, yeah. um but yeah, like, okay, I hadn't heard of Demi Lovato See, in a while, and now... I, I honestly don't know are. who she is. I don't know what she looks like, I don't know who she is. I think it's fascinating, the the disjunct between the message and the people who hear it. Mm. Whenever there's the Guardian tweets anything, mm. the, all the comments are, oh, fuck off. <laughs> and like... The people who follow Guardian, yeah, people like me who just don't like anything they do and want to see how bad things have got. Yeah. But like, never. There's not one positive comment. It's just everything they tweet, like, oh, the history, literally, I think one of the headlines was the history, the racist history of hairstyles or something like that. Right. And like, all the comments were, seriously, <laughs> we, we're doing this now, like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. And I, they just are not getting the message. No. They really think, oh, you know, but we are above it. And we know what the right thing is, and they will come around. Yeah. We just have to keep messaging. We're educating the public. Right, yeah. They don't... Anyway. Um, <laughs> so she's not... It, they are non-binary. They are non-binary, but it's okay yeah. if you misgender them, or mispronoun them. <sighs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it got a bit less hot in here. <laughs> uh, Which, right. I guess, in fairness, like... Well, if you're going to do that bullshit, then okay. Yeah. Like, but I kind of prefer if you insist upon it. Because like, it's all stupid anyway. But if you're going to be a zealot, have some zeal. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I suppose, yeah. yeah. But no, anyway. I, I guess that it, it's sort of, it's nice that they're affording people that wiggle room. Because it kind of like acknowledges that, yeah, people, it's, are, yeah. people aren't going to get it right first it's time. It's not intuitive. Yeah, because the yeah. whole point is that we're educating people. So it's unfair to assume that they're going to get it the first time. Right, around. yeah. So I like that. Mm. But... You know, just that it's like it's it's, it's making a, some accommodations. Yeah, it seems yeah, to be yeah. the first high profile. I don't even know if it is high profile because I don't know that you didn't know Demi Lovato was. I know the name. Literally. Yeah, I don't know yeah, Demi yeah. Lovato is, but it's the first high profile one that seems to be making that concession for people. Okay. Um, but yeah, also it's fucking stupid. Yeah. So but yeah, uh, androgynous is that an extension of um, your identity? So say, for example, you identify as non-binary. Mm. One would presumably style themselves to look neither masculine nor masculine nor feminine that's implying there's a shred of logic because the whole thing you can be the most beautiful woman in the world totally feminine and say that you're a man and and have to do nothing mm. to like change like oh yeah she's a man she doesn't have to like get her tits removed or like it's fine she says she's a man mm. so now she's a man mm. so i don't think you'd have to do anything if you were non-binary you okay. could be like the most masculine butch bloke yeah. Or you could be Margot Robbie, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, yeah, the point being that, yeah, androgynous... I don't feel like androgynous is a thing unto itself. No, it's either how you naturally look. You look a bit both ways. Mm. 
or you play into it with how you dress and stuff like that. In which case, yeah, it's either your appearance or your fashion sense. Yes. Neither of which express, well, neither of which are asexuality. They might express it, but they're mm. not it. No. Okay. okay. And the final one yeah. in this particular acronym. Yeah. Because I feel like there are definitely ones we haven't mentioned. Oh, yeah. Yeah, loads. Um, the main big one is the one that I'm about to mention now, and that's asexual. Yeah, that's genuine. Yes. That's a thing. Yeah. Um, rare. Incredibly rare, but but it exists. Yes, yeah. So would you wanna? Would you wanna be asexual? Well, here's the interesting thing about that. You go, oh no, because then I wouldn't be. But you wouldn't feel the pain of not wanting to be. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Like, someone who's asexual. It's fearing being dead. It's the same thing. It's like, why would you fear <laughs> being dead? You're fearing literally nothing. Well, here's the thing. Like, yeah, it's um. The, somebody who is asexual. <laughs> By the way, just public service announcement. That was not meant to imply that being asexual is the same thing as being. No, dead. no, no. I'm, yeah, I was hoping <laughs> that my statement would clear yeah. it up a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, like being asexual, you would either be the least productive individual on the planet, yeah. or the most productive individual on the planet. I think most. Because even though, yeah, the biological drive is the thing compelling all of us. Yeah. Like, really, like, I want to be a writer. Why? Well, I want to get my message out there. Why? So people will like my message. Why? So I can get laid. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, it ultimately, basically, all comes back to that. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Like, being, having biological urges is so distracting. Yeah. Like, it gets in the way of everything. But it's But it also drives yeah. everything. Yeah. I don't know. I just, you, you would only do things for their own sake. Like, you'd just be the most pure person <laughs> in the world. That's the thing. Like, yeah, you wouldn't have to, like, right, I'm going to have to, like, set aside a couple of hours to, like, jerk off. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, go... A couple pull. of hours. Well, all right. Well, I, I was overcompensating, all right? <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, or, like, I've got to I gotta take the evening off because I've got to go pull. Right. Like, no, I'm just going to sit here and continue inventing the cure to cancer. Yeah. Because I don't want to get cancer. Right. But, uh, you know, I don't... It's not like I want to get laid or anything. I have the time. Yeah. And also the motivation. So I'm just going to keep doing the thing. Or because um, that kind of like, you know, oh, you know, uh, propagate the species, Mm. like have children and all that that stuff. Because that's so at the core of our being. Mm. Not just us specifically, just humanity. Yeah. That's so at the core of everything that we do. Mm -hmm. How could anything else drive you? You know? I know. And and we say that as people who, like, feel like we've discovered our calling. Like, as a writer and an editor, respectively, we're like, yeah, that's the thing. That's our drive. But even we have to admit that underneath that... Well, yeah, it doesn't end there, you know? That's the thing, yeah, it doesn't end there. You want to be really good at what you do. Mm. For its own sake, but also, yeah, there is that other dimension to it. Um, So, yeah, what the hell... Here's the thing. When I was a kid... I think being a writer, for me personally, and I think a lot of writers have this, it's listen to me, please. Mm. That's where it comes from. Like the idea that people weren't doing that when you were younger. Mm. It all kind of germinates from there. And the end result of that is you have la- you get laid and have kids. People, yeah. Like that is the end result of it. Women start listening to you and going, oh, do you know what? You've He's actually got, got things worth saying. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, that translates to like his penis will be enjoyable. <laughs> so yeah. Um, it doesn't, but he still has interesting things to say. Exactly. So I'll stick around for like half an hour. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> my experience. <laughs> um, yes. But yeah, the point being that asexual is a genuine phenomenon. Mm. Um, so all that said. Okay. 
Time for the actual lexicon now. Okay. Uh, let's noodle over to the corner. Do we do we just replay the music just to no. remind people? No, I, I like the idea this is the longest ever Sam's <laughs> lexicon. It's like an hour-long lexicon. Yeah. Um, fab. P-H-A-B-H. It ends in a silent H. Okay. And has That's not awkward. P. Well, no, it's the, it's the most efficient way of doing it, right? Fab. But no, but you can get rid of the H. If, right, P-H-A-B-H hmm. covers everything. Right. But if you want to differentiate straight people, then just get rid of the, the second H, the final H. Okay. So the final H is heterosexual. Okay. Right? So if you want to encompass all sexuality, that's that. But then we'll remove that. So it's P-H-A-B, fab. The B is bisexual. Okay. The A is asexual. Mm-hmm. The A is homosexual. There's no need to split into lesbian, gay. And the P is parasexual. Okay. Now, parasexual would pertain to anybody that wants to fuck anything else. So it's not a person of the same gender, not a person of the opposite gender, not either, and not nothing. So that covers everything from feet to cars to children's toys, anything. (laughs) Like people that that have a sexual attract. Have you seen that program where people want to fuck cars? Yeah. Yeah, right. Parasexuality is anything that's like anything, anything okay. else that's not a human being, basically. And that would, if we are making a genuine case for it to replace the current acronym, yeah, that would include gender identity, people with like non-conventional gender identities. Uh, no. Uh, well, well, what are you? Okay. I mean, I don't think this is a, a genuine candidate to replace it because it, it doesn't. Well, then what was the fucking point of no, all no, this then? For us. So it actually encom- it does genuinely encompass everything. Okay. If the LGBT crowd want to say that parasexual also encompasses non binary and all that, fine, they can do that. Yeah, that In was my question. Oh, yeah, fine, okay. In my definition, though, those things don't exist. Right. So, no, parasexual basically means people want to fuck fire engines or, I don't know, bells. Uh, or grapes, whatever. <laughs> it covers everything. Okay. Uh, that's why, not a human being. Why para? Parasexual? Why para? Because uh, you got like para um, parallel, basically. It's alongside all the other sexualities. Right. It's parallel to them. It's uh, okay. All right. I thought I thought it was like oh, parasol. Parasol. Like well, a, yeah, that too. Yeah. Right. Like umbrella, para- it's an umbrella term, Sam. Exactly. But also, it, para means like outside of. It can mean outside of. Okay. Um, so, so yeah. yeah, outside of homosexual, bisexual, right. asexual, yes. heterosexual. Okay. So fab. So that's it. That's, that's it. That's it. It was all for that. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. That was Sam's lexicon. That was. Samuel. Words. Phrases. Sam's lexicon. Is it played yet? It's yeah. At some point, it played. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So there's a documentary coming out on Netflix called Pray Away, and it's about conversion therapy. Okay. You know what that is, right? Yes. Yes. That's where you conversion <laughs> therapy. <laughs> it's, someone, it's trying to turn someone who's gay yes, into it, someone who's not gay. It's mainly like religious. Mainly religious, yes. That insist on this therapy. Right? Yeah. And there's a documentary coming up about it on Netflix, and I read the uh, premise. Mm. And it, was, it, it kept repeating the phrase, it follows survivors of conversion, ther- conversion therapy. Okay. I am so sick of that being used. <laughs> survivor. Rape survivor, 
a conversion therapy survivor. Everything's a something survivor now. I mean, like... Abuse survivor, I'll take. Yeah, Domestic because, abuse, abuse survivor. can be deadly. Right, yeah. Or like, yeah, you've made, you made your way through it. Rape survivor, you're pushing it. Frankly, for me, you're pushing it a That's bit. That's the thing. Like, I think it was the last episode where we kind of said, we need a new word. Because, like, rape victim... Yeah. It's almost, like, oppressive. It's sort of like... Well, well it's yeah, like it's, it's like you're reminding the person this terrible thing has happened to you. I know, but that... But survivor does feel like an overcompensation. Th- yes. Again, rape th- can um, be deadly under certain uh, circumstances. It's sure, yeah, yeah. And in that sense, yes. Yeah. But rape, uh, rape victim... Okay, yeah, it's a horrible thing to be, obviously. Mm. And it's a horrible term. But I just kind of think... That is what it is, though. If you... If a rape happens to you, you are the victim of a rape. Mm. You are a rape victim. Mm. That's not to victimize you and turn you into this little creature that can't stand up for it. Yeah. No, but that is what it is. A murder victim. A rape victim. Yeah. You are a victim of it. That That is what happened. I was going to be a thing that's like, yeah, because you wouldn't have murder, murder survivors. survivors. <laughs> but no, you wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't have a murder survivor. But like assault survivor or like, you know, arson. There are things uh, where it's legitimate to mm. put after it. But... I just think if you... This is going to sound terrible. If you've been raped, mm. I think what you're known as is probably the least of your worries. Okay. Or at least it should be the least of your worries. If you've been raped, do you really care if you're known as a rape victim or a rape survivor? Certainly not right after the fact. Maybe down the road. But I, I don't know. I just think survivor is such an abused word. Yeah. No, it's I, like I, genius. I know, I know the overall point that you're making. Yeah, yeah. Like, in terms of like rape victim, yeah. Like I can... That can... I can see that acting as a trigger for someone. What, what does that mean? Just like, you know, oh god, yeah, I'm just being reminded of this thing that happened to me. But doesn't the word rape do that? Yeah, pro- yeah, probably So does. what does victim matter then? No, I'm, I'm, I'm extending a bit of charity there. Yeah. Because the thing that I'm leading up to is your, your point about um, conversion therapy survivors. Yes. Yeah, all that means is the conversion therapy didn't work. Well, it means I right? think when they say when they say survivors, the argument, conversion therapy is not in. It doesn't. It doesn't kill you. No, no. But the argument is for this stuff is that uh, a lot of people who go through it commit suicide. Oh, I see. And if you haven't committed suicide, you're therefore a survivor I of see. it. I don't know. I'm wary about it because I. I'm, this isn't like me being 100 percent full throated. I don't agree with the BLM movement. It's not as like certain as that, okay? Because I'm I'm willing to concede that there may be like some wiggle wiggle room here, mm. but I just think even rape survivor, I'm taking the most, the closest to being acceptable that I can, okay? Which like if I'm gonna give it to anyone, it's mm. gonna be a rape survivor, yeah. But I just even then, I just think uh, w- why? Because a lot because people who are raped commit suicide. It doesn't mean that you're a survivor because you didn't. It just does I'm sorry, it doesn't. Okay. Because it, it's not like... It's not a necessary extension of being raped, is that you commit suicide. Even if there's a high mor- morbidity rate. Mm. Even then, I just... I don't know. I, I'd, okay, this is my uh, concession. If you, you've been raped, and you've pulled your... You know, you, you, you've got your life back together, mm. you're a survivor. As a human being, it's, you're someone I would call a survivor. You came out of the other side of that. Yeah, you're a survivor yeah. as a human being. But rape, survivor, that thing, there's just something about it that's wrong to me. Okay. And the same as, yeah, there, that's what it is. It's just the prefix. 
If you want to say, oh, he went through conversion therapy, it was traumatic, it was terrible, that kid's a survivor. But it, we're expected now to be, oh, she's a rape survivor, she's a con- he's a conversion therapy. That's what I don't like. Okay. But generally saying that someone is a survivor, fine, I'm done with that. Mm. That's cool. But do, do you know what I mean? Well, I just got the, the Beyonce song stuck I'm in my head. Survivor. Yeah. Is that Beyonce? I think it's Beyonce, okay. yeah. Yeah, I, I had to, yeah. That and Gloria Gaynor. Survivor, keep on surviving. First I was afraid. I was petrified. Oh, right, yeah. That's the, the other one. And uh, I have the tiger, obviously. Why I have the tiger? Because <laughs> it's by Survivor. Oh, right, it's okay. <laughs> In the burning heart. <laughs> I was listening to that earlier. It all ties up. Um, Staying alive. Staying alive. <laughs> We're just going off. Yeah. Like <laughs> Singing songs. Okay, well, that was that point. Okay, yeah, right, okay. Yes? I admit it's like, it's a tricky one. But, yeah, it's just like... It, it's yeah. It's again, adding it to yeah. Everything. Again, it sort of feels like a, a an over correction. Absolutely, yeah. Because yeah, the, like I I see what you're doing. Like you're you're drawing a correlation between people who go through conversion therapy and like there's a large quantity of them. I assume it's a large quantity mm. end up committing suicide. Well, yeah. So or, or enough because of yeah. that correlation, you you're saying the word survivor is appropriate. Yeah. Like okay, but the act itself. Mm. But then again, I suppose you could use the same argument with rape. It's like the act of rape itself doesn't really end in death. So the fact well, that... Well, the fact, yes. Okay. Yeah. Like, like you have to also obviously. murder them. Yeah. You you can't just, like, do the raping and, mm. like, oh, they're dead now. Yeah, like, rape, rape alone can, does not kill a person. Yeah. Unless... Well, let's not get into that. No. Because it can get horrible. Oh, yeah, exactly. Obviously, um, if you're of a certain age, etc., I'm sure it can... Yeah, there are factors... The act itself can There are factors that can play into it, but rape yeah. is more dangerous like physically dangerous more mm. perilous mm-hmm. than conversion therapy yeah there's nothing physically dangerous about conversion therapy it's what it does to your psychology yes yeah I, I don't think they they might in like these incredibly extreme camps where they do this stuff there might be like some physical abuse that goes on to like whack the oh yeah yeah probably basically. like um, you have to like associate your natural biological urges mm. With pain. With pain, like American Horror Story. Yeah, so Although yeah, I'm not of... sure how common that is now. Like, I'm not down at all with conversion therapy, mm. but I'm trying to extend some charity to them. No. I, the... No, I imagine, like, conversion therapy in the modern day... Maybe this is this will be covered yeah, by a yeah. documentary, but I'm assuming modern conversion therapy is almost purely psychological. Yeah, and i got to be honest that this is going to be really controversial. Okay. I read uh, Douglas Murray's book, The Madness of Crowds, and he went to the premiere of a documentary that was about conversion therapy. A different documentary. What now? Yeah, 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 a different documentary. A film, like, a few years ago. Okay. Um, and it was the premiere. And basically, he was writing about it because they'd been forced to relocate several times because theatres refused to show it and all mm. that. And it was about voluntary conversion therapy. Okay. Right? And he said, like, they have every right to show a documentary about voluntary conversion therapy mm. if they want that, And the places should allow it, basically. Okay. I'm okay in a sense with voluntary conversion therapy I don't think it's well the fact that it's voluntary helps right entirely yeah I don't think it's correct I don't think it should be necessary Mm. but if you're gay and you don't like it and you voluntarily want to not be gay (laughs) look we don't think that's possible really right but if you want to do it it's your life Mm. it's the same as the trans thing if I'm going to be okay with someone cutting up their body parts because they think there's something else mm. then I have to be okay with this as well frankly okay 
I'm wondering if, it, if it's got more of a, a kinship with the... Again, I don't know how this is going to yeah. come off. More of a kinship with the euthanasia argument. In what sense? In the sense that it's like... Um, like, that's a decision you're making yourself. Like, the right. other people have to be complicit in it. You can't like, yeah, yeah, yeah. convert... You can't do conversion therapy on yourself. Yes. But yeah, like, there being euthanasia centres for people who have made that decision right. to end their life. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not something that most people would agree with. Like, because you always have to go, like, oh, can you imagine yourself in that position? Mm. But just, like, as a broad um, point, it's like, I don't think, like, in terms of, like, you know... Like, I feel like most people would not agree with somebody wanting to take their own life. It's the level of tiptoeing. No, go on. Both of us. Yeah. On, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, oh, I want to take my own life. Yeah. I feel like most people would go, well, don't, please. Well, it depends, doesn't it? Yeah. I, think well, most I guess people... if you don't like the person, you might no, be no, no, more no, no. No, I mean, to say, go on. I mean, most people who go to euthanasia clinics tend to be people who are chronically ill mm. or something. It's very rarely just like someone who's suicidal. I'm like, oh, just... Oh, yeah, they're like, yeah, they would know the difference. But well, I, I think they did that in Netherlands or the Bel- or Belgium. I think okay. the Netherlands. Someone wanted, said they were trans, mm. went through all the hormone therapy and everything, changed their mind, right. couldn't go back, then was suicidal, wanted to be euthanized, and they did it. So the state changed the gender of somebody and then murdered them. Right, okay. Yeah, that's like one of the big like things that's not talked about, but Douglas Murray talks about in the book. Yeah. They're like, this is where we're at and we need to talk about it. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, carry on. But yeah, no, that's the point I was trying to make. Yeah. I don't know if I'm making it. Okay. But the point I would like to make is, yeah, um, presumably modern conversion therapy clinics that like partake in mm. voluntary conversion therapy, mm-hmm. they uh, are like, right, this is legitimate, right? This is a decision that you've come to yourself. You believe this is the only course of action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same with euthanasia. It's like, well, we're not just going to kill you. We have to make sure that this is like genuinely the best decision for you. Right. Yeah, so anyway, in to wrap it all up, if you're if you choose to go through conversion therapy, yeah. Good on you? No. No? This this wasn't me um promoting my approval of conversion therapy per se. Okay. It's just that voluntary conversion therapy should be a choice. Okay. Not one you agree with. Not one I personally agree with. Okay. But if it is a choice, then why not? No. No? <laughs> I'm not endorsing conversion therapy <laughs> well, in any way, shape, or form. Right. I'm just saying that if people want to do that, mm. there's a whole bunch of things that people want to do that I don't support okay. politically or personally. Right. So while I, I support their right politically to do it, mm. I don't su- support it personally. Okay. I think I said earlier, like uh, the thing with um, transgender surgery, mm. if, if it was as a culture, we're okay with that then we have to be okay with conversion therapy. Right. Significantly less drastic. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're changing your sexuality. Like, like your sexual orientation yeah. rather than if, your entire if it biology. Works, you're changing your yeah. sexuality rather than, yeah, potentially risking a lot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we are neutral, or you are neutral on the idea of... No, you're against conversion therapy even um, if it's voluntary I don't think it works you don't think it works yeah okay I don't think it works if it did work mm. let's let's operate on that hypothetical okay what if it worked what if you could change your sexuality okay I suppose there's nothing I can really say against it okay I can't defend it really either 
Because sexuality to me is irrelevant. Mm. It, it, it does not matter at all. Yeah. Well, so... It, yeah, it sort of, like, lives and dies on the... Um, that, what whether you subscribe to the idea. I don't know if, like, generally, like, we've arrived on a conclusion to this. Mm. But whether being gay is a choice or whether being gay is a... Like, it's a thing that you're born with. Mm. It's not a choice. It's what you are. So, yeah, like, if, if it's a choice... Yeah. Then conversion therapy is just kind of, like, convincing you out of that choice. Yeah. Like anything, isn't it? Yeah. Just, yeah, like changing your mind, basically. Yeah, whereas with if it's not a choice, if it is what you are, then you mm. are kind of, like, rewriting... That, well, then you're just lying to yourself, because you, you, then you can't change your... If it's how you're born, mm. then you can't change it, can well, you? Well, we, we arrive at the same thing as transgenderism, then. Right, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah you, exactly. You can, you can, like, have... Like, you can live that way. Yeah, you can have hormones yeah. displaced, and you can have things nipped and tucked, but... Yeah your base biology, the chromosomes that you were born with, mm. will always be XX or XY. Well, it's theory and practice, isn't it? So, like, you can fuck women for the rest of your life if you want. Mm. You would still be gay. So, in practice, you're, hom- you're heterosexual. Mm. But in theory, in your mind, in reality, you're homosexual. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure there are loads of gay people that have never had any sexual contact with another man or woman. Right. Depending on okay. what they are. What, just kind of like, oh, I'd like to... I haven't really had the chance to do my well, thing Well, just yet. at a time when it really wasn't okay. Or mm. places now where it really isn't okay. I actually saw a documentary the other day called Welcome to Chechnya. Okay. And that's about the persecution of gay people in Chechnya. Okay. And it is, you know, vile. Mm. And, utterly, and it really just puts everything in perspective. When you hear people... So I've seen a few doc- documentaries recently. This is just a, a quick thing. Right. Um, one was called All In, The Fight for Democracy. Mm. One was called The Fight, about the ACLU. And like... So All In, The Fight for Democracy. They all at some point used the phrase dead white men. Mm. That's like was a, a recurring thing. And what they all tried to do was trace the, the current political climate or current news stories or phenomena uh, back historically. So like with All in the Fight of Democracy, the argument basically was the voting rights mm. and like voter ID and all that sort of thing is basically an echo of Jim Crow laws. Right. But Republicans, they just don't want black people voting. Okay. And so like by trying to get like voter ID and that sort of thing yeah. in communities where that might be difficult... Uh, that it's just like it's an extension of uh, segregation, right? That, okay. Right, but and when you watch something like that, and you just that's su- such fucking nonsense. <laughs> There's a part of, um, I think it, it's the fight, which about the ACLU, um, basically in their various fights against Donald Trump. Mm. So like when he um, he put a ban on all those those countries that they couldn't come into the US, mm. and but like it's through a bunch of different things, and. I think one of it pertained to, I think it was something about immigration, and they were basically reading like tweets uh, that were saying like, you know, the the most heinous shit. Yeah. And the guy who the documentary is following was like, you know, sometimes you, I have to read this so I get the other side of the argument. You know, you don't want to feel like you're in a bubble. <laughs> and for that, how much of a straw man is that? Like, that is the other side of the argument. Right. It's just like people... Basically, it's like saying, oh, I'm a member of the ACLU. I defend black people, you know, in civil liberties cases and stuff mm. like that. And then someone comes along and says the N-word. And you go, oh, yeah, but I have to hear that because I have to know what the other side thinks. Like, not bothering <laughs> to interact with the reasonable yeah. opposing arguments. That really wound me up, that. Because like, the film was just saying, 
this is the one side and the other side is people who say the n-word online mm. it's like anyway um but it put it put it into perspective like all these people oh it's jim crow now and and then you see welcome to chechnya which is like a genuine civil rights mm. struggle in the world like there's this little group that they smuggle people out of chechnya these gay people and like all these videos of them being beaten to death like rocks beating them to death with the heads and like um this one guy they were beating the shit out and like cutting his hair off with scissors as they were doing it right and then there's one i'm surprised they showed it actually you don't see the most graphic element but you see it happening the the anally rape gang raping anally a gay guy oh right and it's like jesus like it's the most horrific yeah shit. um but yeah, the the point that put into perspective like all the whiny bullshit we have. And it's not like oh you can't you know you can't care about everything, but it's like just turn your eye to something that demands serious yeah attention. But why did I bring up Welcome to Chechnya? Um, who knows, Sam? Something about gay conversion therapy. Yeah, how you're born. I don't know. Not a clue. Yeah, not a clue. That guy who was um, anally gang raped. Mm. Did he survive that? Um, I don't know. Okay. Because they, they, are, they are murdered there. That's kind yeah. Of, or they're, they're arrested and they're tortured. Because if he survived that, then he's probably a rape survivor, right? Right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually try and loop, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. close this argument out in a loop. Yeah. As well, actually, the, there's the documentary's worth watching because it pi- it's pioneered technique where they basically use advanced AI uh, to digitally change the faces of the subjects of the documentary because the director wanted to see the people the documentary was about but their identities had to be protected oh right so like most of their faces so it's are kind of like fake. deep faking basically like deep faking oh right you can usually tell but like it's quite quite convincing yeah like only at the very end there was one guy who decided to come out and speak about it so that there's a scene where he's speaking in front of this all these reporters and they remove it so you can see what he actually looks like. Oh, right. Okay. But, um, yeah, no, so it's kind of interesting in that respect. But what the hell are we talking about? Because there? <laughs> there, there was a point to be made about that. Well, okay. Welcome to Chechnya. Yeah, um, just like... Conversion therapy, changing your sexuality. Yeah. Like, it's is it a choice or is it part... Yeah. Like, is your sexuality something you choose or something that you're born with? Because if it's something you're born with, then it's, yeah. like, it's like transgenderism because you're trying to change your biology. And- yes. Yeah, okay. Well, okay, what if it's a mixture? Which what if, is probably true. What if it's a bit of choice and a bit of your nature? Okay. Um, does that impact it a lot? Not me. Not to, for me. I guess just the, the, the morality of um, mm. conversion therapy. Well, let's return to, before we wrap it up completely, the hypothetical that it did work. I closed it in a loop as well. I so. know, that, that, it, that it did work. Okay. That you could change your... Well, how would you feel about it if someone wanted to do it? Somebody wanted to do it. If somebody wanted to do it, I don't know. It's always it's always difficult, isn't it, when you get to those um, those kind of hypotheticals where it's like there is nothing. Let's remove all obstacle. Mm. So, like, oh, I'll, I'll put this hypothetical to you, and there's usually something in there where you can go, well, you know, the um, the person doesn't actually want to do it, or you can't, mm. you don't know all of the circumstances leading up to it, or blah, 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 blah. And that's what makes it different. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that's why I would say no, because of that criteria or because of that detail. Mm. But when you're just like, no, it works. The person wants to do it. Mm. They haven't been, presumably they haven't been coerced. No, no. Yeah. What do you think of that? Right. It's like, right. Oh, okay. 
So what? Yeah, what do you think of it? I don't know. I was buying time. I still have. <laughs> I still don't know what I think what, of do, it. Do you think it, it's morally neutral, or do you think it would be wrong? Again, like it does go back to: is being gay a choice, or is it who you are? Because if it's a choice, then mm. what am I really? Am I arguing for? Like, oh, it's kind of it's nice that they're gay. No, no. No, no, like if it's a choice. Yes. It's like, oh, I chose to be gay, and now right. I'm, I'm going through this therapy to unchoose being gay. Right. It's like, oh, no, I liked the decision that you made the first time around. Right. Why are you changing it back? Yeah. Whereas if if it is a case of, no, I was born gay, that's part of who I yeah. am. It's like, right, okay, you're fundamentally changing. Well, if it's all choice, hmm. none of it matters, really. It, that kind of destroys the whole thing, because... Hmm. Yeah, it's just a choice. It's it's not like you're you're not denying anything about yourself yeah. if you change it. Yeah, it's I feel just, like there's n- there's it's not that morally complicated if somebody originally chose to be gay no. and now they're unchoosing. I say unchoosing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know they're, they're making the choice to no longer be gay. Yeah, it's like okay, yeah, I'm I don't know what exactly I'm arguing against here. No, exa- if yeah, if it's all just a choice, hmm. which it clearly isn't. No, that yeah, I think um, I think there's enough. We know enough about it now. There's enough. Ca- enough has happened. Well, like you wouldn't choose to be gay in Chechnya, would you? No. So yeah, like examples like that. But also, yeah, we know enough about it. It's probably not. But it is a bit. It is a bit behavioural and nurture and and I've heard this from gay kind of analysts and that sort. Of, mm. You know, who, who've researched this stuff. But okay, what if you were born a certain way and you wanted to change your sexuality? It was possible to do so. Mm. How would you feel about it? Because the the dilemma I have is sexuality is a non-factor to me in how I judge a person. Mm. Does not matter within reasonable boundaries. Okay, you know, you know what I mean. Like as long as it's not illegal or oh yeah, well, if, yeah, yeah, if yeah, it's yeah. not like um, was it called map? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maps yeah. and or pedophiles, generally anything like that. Yeah, if you're gay, whatever, it doesn't mean anything to me. So therefore, it shouldn't mean anything if you decide you want to change it, because mm. it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah, except to you, mm. obviously. No, but I suppose the problem there is that if it's if it's not a choice, if it is yeah. part of who you are, then you are like changing something about yourself that's not quote unquote that's not meant to be changed. Ooh, well, people who are born with illnesses, things like that, would you say the same thing? I'm not equating it. No, no, no. Obviously, there, there is... It's the biological... The naturalistic fallacy, isn't it? Mm. There's loads of things that are natural... Yeah. ...that, we, that aren't ideal. Yeah, they aren't necessarily, yeah, yeah. like, the, the correct thing. They aren't virtuous, thing. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that, that's the spectrum, isn't it? On one end, you've got crippling uh, diseases... Yes. ...that we would like to cure. Yeah. And at the other end, you've got transgenderism I guess <laughs> sure <laughs> it's like you know um, it's like there really isn't you know there really isn't um, a solution to this yeah you don't just become the other gender no there's, there's all this like you know there's a yeah there's a lot there's a lot to it so yeah where does your uh, sexual orientation fall on that spectrum yeah, yeah. so like, that's the thing if, if it's like I don't know, you're born again removing the caveat of, or removing the Removing coercion as a factor. So, like, in this hypothetical, we know all the people that want to do it are doing it of their own volition, their own free will. They've mm. thought about it. They've gone through counselling, whatever. And they decided that, you know, religiously, homosexuality is not accepted. Yeah. They're religious. They want to become straight. Yeah. Now, me personally, 
I would say Godspeed because mm. I don't care either way. Mm. It matters to them, so shouldn't they be allowed to do it? But then so that on one side there's there's that, mm. but on the other side there's but it doesn't matter, so why would you change? Yeah. It's do you know what I mean? It's mm. But I suppose if I come down on one side it is only if you want to do it. Okay. Because I because I have to be philosophically consistent. Mm. And if I'm gonna say I don't I'm not down with the trans thing, mm. I don't think you can change your gender. Mm. But hey, if you want to pay someone to do it, you go ahead and do it. Okay. Then I can't be against someone who wants to change their sexuality. Okay. Because I would say that's significantly a less totalizing factor or element of your being is right. your sexuality. Okay. Who you fuck and what you like are. <laughs> They're two very different things. Yeah. Um so does that wrap it up? That I, I don't support conver- I wouldn't go go to someone gay and go you should get conversion therapy. Yeah. But if they wanted to I I can't reasonably be against it. Okay. And also people who've been raped Grow up? Is that no, what you were saying? Wait, wait. Why are you straw manning me? No, because you were like, oh, survivor. Ugh. No, I said rape survivor. Yeah, rape survivor. The prefix. Yeah. I'm okay with them being called survivors. Okay. It's the blah blah survivor. It's the, you know, the thing that inspired this conversation. Conversion therapy survivor. Right. Or was that you just genuinely not remembering? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I was genuinely, <laughs> I was genuinely not remembering. Okay. Um, you see it all the time, don't you? A blah blah survivor, a mm. blah blah survivor. Let's just stop that. I'm okay with you being called a survivor. Mm. And the thing is, yeah, like the, that clip from Welcome to Chechnya, and you know what others others in the film telling their stories, and you would come across as callous if you go, I would, I, I wouldn't call you a rape survivor though. I don't like that word. Mm. It would come across as just like the worst thing. Yeah. But I do stand by it, <laughs> like. <laughs> In the cold light of day. I understand that I sound like a bastard, but you know. Well, no, because there are obviously cases where it would be wrong to call them anything but survivors. Mm. I just don't like the language game, I suppose. Okay. The, um, you know, the expansion of survivor, the things that, like, didn't really require you surviving it. Mm. You know, most of the times you're living through something. Mm. Only very few things require that you survive them. Yeah. So well, it's the, one of those kind of uh, passive shifts in language, isn't it? Right. So one, like there was no announcement. Mm. It's like, oh, you are now conversion therapy survivors. Well, you're now called conversion therapy survivors. Yeah. There was no like, you know, this is a thing that we're going to do. Mm. It's like when they started capitalizing black. Right. In articles, it's which when, I will never do. <laughs> no, it's when it's when they started calling women uh, birthing people. Yes. That just kind of started. Mm. Like, there was, again, there was no announcement. It's just, like, mm. all of a sudden, Congress were calling women birthing people. Yes. Like, right, okay. Yeah, this is where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's the part of the problem. Oh, yeah. Like, they've eroded the meaning of so many things. Yeah. Racism being, I would say, at the top of the list. Mm. That means nothing now. Yeah. I've, it's laughable. Mm. It's it's genuinely it means nothing to me. The bar I think for, we've talked about this before. The bar for racism is so low now. Yeah, yeah. Just like any, it just simply you you oh you only have to make a mistake. Yeah. In terms of like identifying somebody, mm. like oh you know, um, it's not quite racism, but like oh if you use the wrong pronoun, yes, you are open to being like labeled a sexist. Uh, transphobe, yeah. Oh, transphobe yeah, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It's like no, I just I didn't know. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. Um, and a similar thing with racism is like this, you know, just um, 
I don't know, not approving of what's it called? Critical race theory. Yes. It's like, well, you're clearly a racist. Yeah. It's like, no, I just don't agree with the the top the topic. Yeah. You know. Well, I saw another one of the other documentaries I saw was called Sisters with Transistors, and it's All about right. uh, women that I've seen a lot of that. A lot of documentaries recently about women that pioneered this field. Or yeah. Other. And uh, like electronic music, and like I think was it a woman that wrote the Doctor Who theme? Oh, I don't know that. I know that the producer, yeah, well, the first producer was a woman. Yes, I think it was the theme was also written by a woman. Okay, uh, like experimenting with theremins and all that sort of thing, mm. and like working at the BBC. And okay, yeah, that's kind of an interesting story. Mm. But like all the the contemporary women talking about it were saying, oh, you know, all of the history of music and blah blah was. It was written by dead white males. It was written by white men. So, and they were basically saying that there was a racism inherent in that. You're like, okay, what what is this? Like, okay, so historically, many white men have achieved a lot. Mm. Just be grateful. Be, <laughs> be grateful for it. I was going to say, if we have basically the entire history of music, if we yeah. have white men to thank for that, yeah, then I'm going to thank them. Yeah, it's not like... There's a lot of good music out there that white men wrote. If women were genuinely subjugated in all these different arenas, Mm. which I think is almost certainly overblown. I know women weren't treated as... haven't been treated as well as men Mm. historically. But I think the narrative of things are just shit for all of humankind. And only very recently Mm. have they got a little bit better. Mm. Only a little bit, mind you. Yeah. uh, Recently. I think We still have a long way to go. Yeah, I think it's nonsense. Yeah. I think it's so... Full of shit. Right. But, like, even if that was true, like, women were kind of kept out of the... That doesn't detract from Beethoven. and no. most That they did do what they did. Yeah. Okay, women weren't allowed. That's not their fault. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, just be grateful for what was actually done, what mm. was created. Um, and now that we're here at this point, we're like, right. okay, women, let's let's see what you got. Yeah. Show us what you got. Don't, yeah. don't just be like, oh, well, we didn't have a chance to show you what we had you know, 200 years ago when Beethoven was about. Yeah. Like, no, but you have the chance now. But it's it's all this contempt. This contempt for, oh, it was all white. It's it's just, it is racism, isn't it? There's no other word for it. It is, there's another documentary, I've watched a lot, uh, called Coded Bias. Right. Which is uh, about, th- this isn't, I'm not saying they made the wrong point or anything, just to show you how niche this stuff gets. In artificial intelligence recognition software okay. it's not as good at recognising black people oh right okay so there's a documentary about that okay <laughs> because the system's designed by white men oh right okay. well they, they were smart men like they give them some fucking credit <laughs> they built a machine was, yeah, yeah. that was like is that Jeff right exactly it's just yeah anyway um, <laughs> so to tie it all up okay don't support conversion ther- therapy personally you don't I don't okay nor do you I assume no uh, yeah, it's always been one of those things where it's like, yeah, we don't like that. Yeah, but politically, we, we're, we kind of, we allow for it. We would we have to allow for it. Yes, if it's yeah. voluntary, of If course. it's voluntary, yeah, yes. You don't just yeah. be like, oh yeah, but we really want to convert the gays. It's like, oh, well, all right, you scamp. Like, no. <laughs> no, you, of course. You, like, the person Anything has to be that violates willing. individual liberty yeah. is wrong. Yeah. So, yes. Okay. That's that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you have watched a lot of documentaries recently, haven't you? I really have, yeah. Okay. That's just scraping. That's that's, <laughs> that's the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Yeah. Is, have you watched um, The Sparks Brothers? 
It's <laughs> like your segue. That's my segue into the Sparks Brothers. Well, I think you know I have. Yes, because I also watched the Sparks Brothers. Have you? Yes. That's funny. We but could do a review. We about could it do that, like, couldn't we? To. A, yeah. One documentary this year that we've both seen yeah. is the Sparks Brothers. Yeah, is that the only one that, documentary you've seen this year? I think so. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You're not missing much. Oh, I'm not. Most documentaries are now along the lines of, oh, men did it, and now black women are doing it. That's right, genuinely okay. what most documentaries are. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's talk about the Sparks Brothers. Yeah, let's talk about the Sparks Brothers. Do you like it? <laughs> well, uh, why did we watch it, Sam? Why did we watch it? Why did we watch it? Beyond that it was a well-reviewed film? Beyond that, yeah. Well, it was an Edgar Wright film. It's an Edgar Wright yes. film, yes. It's Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright's first documentary. documentary. Yeah. Explain it to the people. Explain it to the people. Um, yeah, this might be the year that Edgar Wright tells us all or shows us all mm. that he is actually as good as everyone, right. everyone thinks he is he deserves the praise yeah yeah that was a that was a weird statement but you you were, like, try, you were trying to say he's versatile yes 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 okay. the, yeah the versatility is the thing that's going to yeah. elevate him yeah because there's that i'm sure like if anyone is anyone on the internet they mm. probably would have seen that every frame of painting anyone video. who's into film yeah anyone yeah, who's yeah. into film or anybody who's just like in that sector of youtube yeah. have probably seen the what's it called uh, how to do visual comedy how to do visual called, comedy yeah. uh yeah. which is a video essay by every frame of painting yeah who sadly um they no longer make yeah. videos yeah they there, there are others that are in that vein though yeah that's good no but that's the thing but, he was, yeah. you they were one of the good ones every frame yeah of they painting. were yeah um but yeah that, that video on how to do visual comedy and mm-hmm. shows all of edgar wright's work and edgar wright's work like obviously you've got the cornetto trilogy films which are all pretty similar yep. tonally and in terms of the content they mm-hmm. have like running themes and jokes and obviously actors and all that kind of stuff yeah then you've got on the outside of that you've got scott pilgrim versus the world mm-hmm. and you've got baby driver yeah which again they're like they're different yeah um but they're still very comedic and very like yeah i think baby driver is the start of the turn okay because you've got the cornetto trilogy which is full on yeah i you know i think we spoke about it at some point before not on the podcast you, when you watch any other film, usually comedy film, you realise how lazy. Oh yeah, like most direct, not late. But you know what I mean. Like he uses everything, doesn't he? Yes, yeah, sound, the whole like, editing, every possible. Yeah, yeah. He, he rings as much out of it as he can. That's part of that video, isn't it? That's part of the how to do visual comedy yes. video where he'll, he, like the, every frame of painting says like, oh, let me show you a clip from a comedy film. They just kind of like stand. They there. just shoot it. Yeah, yeah. To the point, I find there. it uh, with that in comedy, Stuart Lee in stand up and Parasite makes it hard for me to watch most things now. I go, well, it's not, it doesn't compare, does it? It's, like, it's not, not the not, same. Not every frame is beautifully masterful. Yeah. <laughs> so um, fucking dense with information. Because, yeah, that's right. the thing. It'll just be like Melissa McCarthy against, like, a blurred background. Yeah. Going, yeah. oh, Riffing. yeah, well, yeah, my clit's bigger than yours, or whatever she says. <laughs> yeah, it starts robbing it. And then um, <laughs> it starts vomiting into something. <laughs> into her clit. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, that's that, modern comedy now. Modern com- yeah, pretty much is. Yeah. Well, Bridesmaids has done shitting, wasn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, well, the, the, another example he uses, isn't it, is when, like, any rom-com mm. that shows someone traveling to a new city, yeah. it'll just be second unit director, like, helicopter shots of bridges. And yeah. All and then an Edgar in Hot Fuzz when he's, he's going to Sanford. Yeah. And just the visual storytelling. Oh yeah, so in like half the time he's showing you like he's showing you the journey. He's showing yeah. you like the the fact that he's like 
moving away from civilization. Yeah, the bars on the phone going down. Yeah, yeah like yeah. the the jarringness of the like the, the cats, the different types of taxis. They yeah, stay into. there's yeah, so much. Yeah, there's yeah. so much going on, and yeah, that's another feature of Edgar Wright's films, which I think I, I'm sure like a lot of people. Yeah, this is not a new observation. No, no, no. But like, yeah, you'll like watch a scene from an Edgar Wright movie. And you'll catch, like, the surface jokes the first time around, the stuff that's like, you know, mm. I'm telling a joke right now. Mm. And you'll go, oh, that was a funny joke. Yeah. And then when you rewatch it, you'll see, like, a character doing a thing in a background. Yes. And you're like, oh, that's that's funny. Yeah, it's like airplane, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, like and this. then, like, yeah. you'll catch something else. And, like, you'll, you'll watch the same scene, like, four or five times, and you'll keep catching new information. Yeah. So his films, they're, all, they're always funny. Because even when yeah. you've stopped laughing at the big jokes... Yeah. It's like, right, I'm used to those jokes now. There's more stuff for you it's, to find. It's the rhythm as well, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, like, and, and the fact you use everything, like in Hot Fuzz, there's that bit where... Like, I didn't know about this until I heard the audio commentary. Okay. There's a tiny moment where Timothy Dalton looks at the camera. Okay. And when he does it, they put in a little ding oh, in the background. <laughs> oh, right. So like to kind of mark it. <laughs> yeah. Things like that, you know, like any other director would just go, oh, let's just reshoot that. Yeah. Oh, he looked at the camera, let's like retake. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's like, we'll make a little tiny joke out yeah. of it. That maybe you only get on a subconscious level. Yeah. But like the rhythm of it is like flowing through you. Um, but yeah, I think so you've got the Cornetto trilogy, Scott Pilgrim, even though it's tucked in there, mm. is that taken to the limit yeah. of like, it's so full on. That it's like that. Um, those alarms that only you can only hear if you're under a certain age. Okay. You know, like the really high pitch. Yeah, I know the ones. Yeah, yeah. I think if you're over a certain age, Scott Pilgrim is just um, unpalatable. Oh yeah. You can't. It, you can't do it. Yeah. And then I think Baby Driver is kind of him coming a little bit more to the center of like I'm not going to be as insane mm. as those films. Yeah. A little bit more tightly controlled. Um, and now obviously we have the Sparks Brothers and Last Night in Soho which I think is playing at the Venice Film Festival okay. so like and they only play high class yeah you know, proper movies so he really is kind of yeah. expanding well that's the thing yeah Sparks Brothers yeah so we like Edgar Wright we like Edgar Wright yes <laughs> big fans of his yeah although he's he's matured because my, my memory of Edgar Wright is him and Simon Pegg dicking about in, in the behind the scenes mm. on the but he's just like a grown up now <laughs> Well, he's in his 40s. I know, but it's just, I don't like it. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Especially since, yeah, like, um, there's multiple stories from Edgar Wright himself, isn't mm. there? Because he started pretty young. In yeah, the yeah, very young, yeah. Yeah, like he was a director, or yeah. he was, like, pretty high up in the uh, the echelons of production well, he was quite the, early on. He was directing TV when he was, like, 18, 19. Yeah. Like, he directed the French and Saunders Christmas special, and... Yeah. Like, yeah, he was, like, a wunderkind, like, really... Yeah, so really he's been early. there, like, he was... He's, like, the kid in the industry, yeah. so the fact that he's now in his 40s... I know. It's like, oh, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Um, Death. Death looms. <laughs> yeah. Death is coming. Yeah. Death is here. <laughs> Death is outside. Yeah. That's the IT crowd again. It is. <laughs> Yeah, I've been watching the IT crowd recently. Have you? Well, you you put a couple of episodes yeah, yeah, on. Yeah. And I was like, right, well, I'm going to have to rewatch it now, aren't I? So I have. It is good. It is very good. Yeah. Anyway, we like Edgar Done. And done. <laughs> a gun! Sorry. I, just... I wonder if it's loaded. <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's, yeah. let's move on from that. God damn, these electric sex bats. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, watch it. Oh, yeah, no. this is all just nonsense, yeah, isn't yeah, yeah. it? Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway, so we like Edgar Wright. We do. Um, And yeah, this year we've got a documentary 
Mm. And we've got a horror film coming out later yeah. this year. Like a straight up... Straight up, Sam D's inspired, repulsion, don't look now mm. style, psychological horror movie. Yes. Yeah. So if he nails... Like the horror film, you will, Winnie. Yeah, you will. <laughs> I mean, after watching the Sparks Brothers, like, yeah. right, we are we in safe hands. Do here. anything? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, to give away our opinion, yeah, we liked it. Yeah. We like it a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yes. So the film is about the Sparks Brothers, or Sparks, Sparks. as they're more commonly yeah. known. Oh yeah, that's a thing in the film, isn't it? Yes. He calls the document because I think the the story is the Spark Sparks are a band. Mm-hmm. Um, of two brothers primarily there have been like rot- a rotating cast of various yeah. other band members yeah 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 but basically like session yeah basically musicians. session musicians yeah. they show up for like an album or two and then they've moved on but it's yeah. always those two brothers yeah um, the male brothers yep yeah and I think their original band name mm-hmm. Half Nelson yeah that's right yeah yeah. and the studio was like oh this that's call you something else let's foreground the fact that it's brothers yeah like you guys you guys are brothers you yeah. guys are really into film the marx brothers will call you the sparks brothers yeah and they were like no 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 we do not yeah. approve so they acquiesced to sparks eventually didn't yes they? so yeah like i like that the title is like a a jesty middle finger to them <laughs> yeah. it plays nicely into their shtick i think isn't yeah. it? which is like how serious are they yes how sincere is it all you know yeah exactly um but yeah yes and it's it's a pretty narratively quote-unquote speaking mm. it's a very standard yep. music documentary here is their career start to finish yes it's that mm-hmm. um but it sparks mm-hmm. and they've had a very long career they and they've had a very prolific career so there's a lot of stuff had you heard about them before this film i if you just said to me have you heard the band sparks yeah i would have said no but okay. listening through the documentary yeah it turns out that i know at least three of their songs yeah see i knew two okay what were the two that you knew i knew this town ain't big enough for both of us and the number one song and uh the number one song in heaven okay but like because because they've been used in films basically yes and i knew the album cover with them tied up on the back of the ship right i've okay. seen that before but yeah no i think I'd maybe heard people in the Edgar Wright sphere, so like Adam Buxton, mm. maybe talk about them on a podcast at some point. Yeah. Because they're into like their obscure music. And- oh, yeah. This is exactly the type of band that um, yeah. he would go for. Because I think in the yeah. trailer, the, 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 the sort of promotional tagline, if you will, of the film is, this documentary is about your band's favorite band. Yes. Like people who are into music love Sparks. Yeah. But like, as far as like the general public are concerned they're, they're still kind of underground and Sparks are basically like unwittingly inspired or unconsciously yeah. inspired a, a lo- loads of different I don't think like they basically invented um, electronic music I was right? going to say yeah. I don't know if they draw a direct correlation in the documentary but they did a synth pop album sorry synth pop yeah, yeah they did yeah. a synth pop album before the 80s yeah like a couple of years before the 80s yeah and then it, it obviously that just became a thing. And yes. they were like, oh, yeah, we've moved on. Yeah. We're doing something else now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so even though it's pretty standard, it's just like, oh, yeah, so this documentary about this band you've never heard of. Mm. There's, there's a hell of a lot to it. Yeah. There's a lot of moving pieces. There's well, a lot the, of stuff going on. They're very prolific, for one thing. Yeah. So just like the sheer amount of information yeah. that is thrown at you yeah is one thing mm. but the the way that information is presented as well yeah. there are a lot of moving parts to it yeah and again it, it's fairly conventional in the it's basically talking heads mm. with the brothers themselves and 
a whole host of just celebrities and yeah. people that were in the band. Mm. Obviously, footage from videos, of, yes. you know, it's archival footage. Yeah. And then occasionally little animations. Yeah, and, like animated yeah. vignettes. But not just animation, not just one style of animation. You've got stop motion, you've yeah. got puppets, you've got like hand drawn animation. Yeah. You've got all of this to basically recreate scenes that weren't filmed like let's imagine how this would have gone but also like they take um artistic license with it as well oh yeah it's nice that there's actual artistry to this documentary yeah there really is yeah there's that um that they tell that story about what's the not ron what's the other one russell (laughs) russell yeah uh yeah we'll get to ron (laughs) um yeah they tell a story about russell was like on stage and he fell over Mm. and he like cut his head open yeah um, being a good like musician, a good showman, he just sort of carried on with mm. it. But like in the story, they say like the head he kept bleeding from the head. Mm. And I don't know if like the audience picked up on it or whether they just mm. looked, like they, I think they might have thought it was part of the act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they tell like oh Ron was looking over at him and he was actually actually really concerned. And mm. but everyone was just kind of trying to roll with it. But the visuals to accompany that are this kind of like stop motion. Mm. I think it's a puppet. I don't know whether it's clay or whether it's wool, okay. But yeah. It's like a puppet. Uh, but yeah, it sort of trips over and it gets back up and it's got all of this like yeah. very thick, gloopy liquid just yes. sort of oozing out of its head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, oh, you could see, it's almost like you could see pieces of brain and then you see like <laughs> brain start, its brain start yeah, oozing out. Yeah, 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 so it's like they are actually like taking... Yeah. Yeah. Expressionistic. It's expressionistic, yeah. yeah. Um, well, generally speaking, it's annoying how masterfully crafted the film is. <laughs> Because it's like all he's ever done is he's like a career documentarian. Yeah, this is all he does is music. Doc. This is a man who he's like done CG and everything before, but mm. this is a man that like in his like main career, yeah, the career that we're familiar with, he's never touched animation before. No, and yet here are these very like masterfully integrated, very well done <laughs> segments of animation. Well, I smell an editing, Geordie. Oh, do you now? I do, yeah. Okay. Well, he's got, what? Like, he's got one more film coming out this year. Yeah. So, like, give him a chance. Yeah. Well, See uh, which one. They okay. Get, okay. Know. Oh, they might both I be smell animated. a nom. Yeah, I smell a nom. <laughs> um, no, it's, yeah. It's just, like, any every aspect of it. Yeah. It's so well edited. It's so well put together. It's quite a long film as well, but it doesn't feel that way. Yeah, two and a half hours. Yeah. Which seems daunting at first it, it definitely does yeah yeah before, before you get into the rhythm of it i just have because i think i just have less of a tolerance for documentaries I, around yeah. about the hour mark mm. even if i'm enjoying it i, I start it starts to wane for me a that's little fair bit. i mean i i've become okay, like basically as okay with documentaries mm. that i have with normal narrative cinema but that kind of length is always intimidating yeah uh, whatever it is like oh god do I have to yeah. just why can't you make an hour and a half film yeah. you know the older I get as well um, but my favourite music doc is Montage of Heck oh the Nirvana one the Nirvana one and I, I admit that maybe a large part of that is because I love Nirvana well it's more yeah it's more a Cobain documentary than a Nirvana documentary yeah yeah it's, it's a Kurt Cobain Montage of Heck yeah. um, I love the music obviously and it's it's a finite story mm. you know also uses animation that kind of thing is brilliantly yeah. put together I think I don't know which I prefer though is that like th- this scrapes it is, is the point mm. like this might be as good as it thing with uh, Montage of Hack it was like from so much it had so much material mm. all of his journals which had never been seen before and, yeah um, but this is if not as good it certainly comes very very close mm. um, it might be better 
I mean, again, there's no shortage of material to work with no, in a Sparks documentary. What, what, 25 albums? 25 albums. Yeah. yeah, that's like the climax of the film, isn't it? Which, yeah. like, yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah. That is your climax. Mm. It's when they're talking about doing those 25 shows over 25 nights. Yeah. Every night, back to back. Not back to back. Like, like one night they'll do the first album, the second yeah, night Yeah, over the 25 nights. Over 25 yeah. nights with no breaks in between. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, uh, I can't remember who said it. One of the fans saying it was almost like um, a challenge to the fans. Like you begrudgingly felt if you were a true fan, you had to go, <laughs> go to every, every night as well. Yeah, and yeah. that's the thing. We would be those people, wouldn't we? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like, well, we have to go every night. Yeah, why would you just go to one album? Yeah, like exactly. That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, one of the nice things is obviously because it's not like they're gone now. They're continuing. They're still going. Yeah. So, yeah, that that is what it uses as its resolution. But they've, they've got a film coming up, haven't they? Directed by Leos Carax. Oh, yes. Which is called Annette, which they wrote. And I've been looking forward to Annette for a while. Okay. Uh, Adam Driver, Marion Cotillard, the guy who directed Holy Motors. It's going to be weird. Okay. I'm interested. I had no idea who they were, that they'd written it. So it is like, it, it, it kind of nicely feeds into that thing of, they've been here the whole time. Yeah. You just never noticed them, you know? Uh, but it's also kind of on a, on a mortal level. It's just... Uh, reassuring that they, they they are going on and on to greener pastures. Oh, yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's not just, oh, yeah, there was this band and now there's not. Yeah. So, no, they're still cracking on. They're oh, still yeah, going. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It could, yeah. yeah. It's like, the, <laughs> this is pretty definitive. Yeah. In terms of, like, the career they've had so far, this is the definitive article. Yeah. But, yeah, they're not done yet, which is they're nice. Not done. Yeah. But that's nice. Like, you were saying about um, the fact that they're writing that film that's coming up. Mm-hmm. That's part of the thing they cover in the documentary is the long-standing relationship they've had with cinema. Yeah. Like, it's inspired so much about not just the way they've done their music videos, but, like, the way the lyrics are written, the type of storytelling yeah. in their music. Well, quick tidbit. I can't remember if it's actually said in the documentary, but I saw an interview with Edgar Wright and the Sparks, the male brothers. <laughs> and because uh, they made, I think Russell made a French New Wave parody mm. Uh, short film when yes. he was young and Edgar Wright said that he basically made the identical film right like not just the parody of French New Wave but like the exact same scenarios as okay. well okay so that was like what first oh okay I'm gonna get on with these guys yeah. this was, um, <laughs> oh not deliberately yeah. like he just ha- by happenstance he ended up making exactly the same thing yeah basically yeah, right yeah. okay um, I saw this cool picture he said I haven't seen them in the flash we've been doing loads of interviews but remotely mm. so I haven't seen them in, in like a year and it was just a photo, and this is my first thing of them. And they were just like at the top floor of this hotel, just like pulling all these weird gestures. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, the, yeah, well, the, one of the, carrying on with your point about uh, the stories. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so film was inspired so much mm. about how they go about being. Yeah. Um, not just as a band, but like as people as well. It's kind of like it's formed a large part of their identity. Yeah. Um, and yet they've had such an unsuccessful career with cinema. They, there's like two yeah. or three films that they were not just planning to do. They were in the throes of production. Yeah, Tim Burton. Tim Bur- They were going to do a film with Tim Burton. What was that? I feel like it was an adaptation of something, wasn't it? It was like Tim Burton's... Yeah, I can't blah, blah. remember. I can't remember what it is. I can't though. remember what it was off yeah. the top of my head. But like prior to that, there was like a famous... Was he a French director? You'll have to remind me. Oh, I don't know the name of the guy. Okay. Um, but it was like a guy that was either like a big figure in the style of cinema yeah. that Ron was really enamored with. Right, right. I guess they were both enamored yeah. with. 
or whether it was somebody that they just like met at some point in their career okay. and was like, we're going to collaborate. Right, right, okay. And that was like happening. Yeah. But then because of ill health, the director had to pull out. Okay. And it never saw the light of day. It wasn't Sean Godard, was it? I don't think it was Godard. Okay. okay. I don't think it was Godard. Okay. So yeah, the fact that they've got a film coming out that looks like it is going to come out yeah. is nice. And the fact that they have such a such a nice relationship with the director of the, their documentary. Yeah, you get the sense they they approve of the film. They yeah. definitely approve. And that's always nice. Not in like a hagiographic, because it's not hagiographic. No, no, no. It manages to be very celebratory and not actually have anything um, detrimental to them. It's not like there's a point where they go, oh, but they have their dark points. Mm. And then it kind of goes into an area of critique. It doesn't do that. But even so, it still doesn't come across if as... If the documentary is hiding... Yeah this dark secret mm. when they went when they pulled the Breaking Bad and started cooking meth in the yes. desert or whatever yeah it hit it very well yeah I trust that this is one of the good ones like they, they didn't have yeah. yeah this like you know they weren't like there wasn't like a year where they just became bastards there's or, no me too waiting to happen there's no me yeah, too yeah. waiting to happen they're just good people yeah who just are really passionate about music and just wanted it to happen and it kind of happened but not really yeah. Well, I think it says a lot about their character that nobody that was kicked out of the band has a bad word to say. About oh, yeah. Them. You know, unless they just kept it out, which I don't think he would have done. No. I'd like to think he's fair enough that he would have at least gone right for, like, to be impartial. Well, like you said, like, you it, it's not a hagiographic. Hey, hey yeah. It's not a hagiographic hey um, endeavor. No. It's a celebration, but it's it not is a, a celebration. Yeah. But, like, it, like, it's there are moments in which it's clear the Sparks brothers, the male brothers, yeah. um, those poor that, bastards. That's the thing though, because you he's know that's part of it. it. That's part yeah. of the joke. It's got to be. Yeah. Everywhere they go now, people are going to call them the Sparks brothers. Yeah. He's ruined their lives. Because yeah. he brings it up in the film, doesn't he? Yeah. He says, oh, "I'm going to call it this. Are you okay with that?" I think Russell says, "For lack of a better title, then <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose." Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's moments where they're clearly complicit in the film. Yeah. There's like these jokey little sequences where like they're holding up window frames yeah. it's like Edgar Wright's like we're going to peek through the window into mm. their career and there's that like whole little bit at the end yeah not, it might be mid-credit or post-credit or something it's like that it's basically the last thing isn't it yeah it was like here are 10 facts about the Sparks Brothers and they're all like these like I don't know if they're real facts no I don't think so okay it's just made up yeah but to kind of add to the mythology to add to the mythology yeah. of them and yeah. then there's that like little joke reveal at the end it's yeah like, when they yeah. mission impossible yeah they mission impossible yeah. themselves and it's like okay yeah these guys are like Edgar Wright's we should probably to- clarify what that is because that was just a, a, a visual thing between you and me uh, they take masks off yes showing them to be the other person basically. yeah they're yeah, like yeah. oh I'm actually Ron and Ron is actually yeah. me and then they and then take they, masks they off yeah, yeah, yeah and it's just like it, yeah. why <laughs> you're yeah. still the same people it's the other way around yeah um, but yeah like moments where it's like I clearly he just wants to work with these people mm. but like it's nice because those those segments they're kind of isolated from the rest of the film when it comes to uh, like the documentary just recounting their story mm. there might be moments where the, the male brothers yes comment on the events mm. but you can it's not like they're not telling you the story no yeah they're they're in it about as much as all the other interviewees really maybe yeah. a tiny bit more yeah speaking of which it feels like if it concerns any niche band or hobbyist interest yeah it's mandatory that Patton Oswalt be involved <sighs> and Fred Armisen be involved both of them have to be in anything that's yeah. vaguely obscure I, I'm really starting to not like Patton Oswalt what is it about him that you don't like? I don't know. Is it because you've been watching King of Queens? Well, I haven't reason? been watching it. It's been on when I've been in work. Okay. Because I'm working from home at the moment. Yeah. 
and people are also home. Yes. And because my <laughs> office is the front room, yeah. I just have to sit there while King of Queens plays endlessly all day, every day. Was it my back? Is it my back is getting? <laughs> my head is getting weird. Yeah, my head is getting weird. My back is getting tight. Sitting, Sitting here in traffic on the Queensboro Bridge tonight. I don't care because all I want to do is catch my check, cash my check and drive right home to you. So I didn't remember that until I sang it then. Because baby, <laughs> all my life I will be driving home to you. <laughs> then he forgets something in the van, doesn't he? Uh, no, he drops an ice cream. Oh, he drops an ice cream. That's so they right. go back to buy a new That's ice cream. right, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, I hate that. It's <laughs> such a bad shot. <laughs> But yeah, all right. But, but you don't like Patton Oswalt? No. I think okay. because he's played like... He plays himself, really. He, he plays geeks, himself, so, yeah. but yeah, like in King of Queens, he is just this like, pathetic specimen of a, of a human. <laughs> As I said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just, yeah, like, I, obviously you have your problems with him because he's like a political dumbass. <laughs> yes, basically. Yeah, I don't like, yeah, and I don't like not, his politics. Yeah, so. and his stand-up isn't funny. No, it, yeah. And like we said, he's in King of Queens, and yeah, feels like everything he's in, he's ba- he's being the same guy. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like he, he feels like one of those. Um, he's what people think nerds are, you know? Yeah, like someone like um, I forgot his name, Kevin James. Mm. Someone like Kevin James, who's clearly not a nerd. He's like, oh, you know, I'm like a, I'm like a, like like a guy, a like, bloke, a yeah. bloke. I'm yeah. a bloke. Mm. I I drink sports and eat beer and all that kind of yeah, shit. Yeah. And like he looks at Pat Oswalt, and he's like, "Oh, that's what a nerd is." Right. I'm gonna have him in my show to make it so it look, you know, like I'm <laughs> representing the nerds. Are you are you calling Pat Oswalt an Uncle Tom of nerds? Yeah, I am. <laughs> I guess that is like, what I'm doing. Uh, nerd exploitation. Exploitation. <laughs> Geek exploitation. Yeah. Exploitation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but the problem is, he is that. He. he that is the. It's he not can like, be. But he, he's there into comic books and like sci-fi movies. Oh no, no, there are and, you know, people yeah. who are like that. But yeah. in the same way that like, um, like the Big Bang Theory sort of became geek blackface, right? Where it was just be- it became such a like you watch those early episodes of the Big Bang Theory and like Sheldon and Leonard and they are characters. And then by the yeah. time you get towards the end of the show, it's like everything. It's all the cliches. You know, yeah. you get so excited about the comic book stuff, and well, the problem, the main problem with the Big Bang Theory is it's sold out in the other sense. Like, okay, it's got a straddle appealing to like nerds yeah. and like showing them to be that, yeah, but also be a mainstream network sitcom, yeah. And, but then it sold out the the to the latter half in its in the second half of its run, where mm. oh, we'll get all the women in, so Penny has friends, yeah, and they'll all be coupled up with. You know, relatively speaking, attractive women. Mm. Obviously, Penny is. That's the whole thing of her. Bernadette is not an ugly woman. No. And Amy, okay, is is bland. But... Well, it feels appropriate for, like, Sheldon. It feels appropriate for Sheldon. But it became friends. It just became... Like, the, the, the geek thing... Yeah. Just became kind of decoration, really. Mm. It just became about relationships. Which is, Sheldon got long hair. And, yeah. Which is know. why the geek thing became, like, shallower. Almost. Yeah. yeah like, it yeah, became yeah. more of a cliche because that was less the focus. Mm. And like the science as well, like they go to the lab and they're just like, you know, like shooting lasers at action yes. figures and stuff like that. It's like, I, I don't know, I kind of felt like, it's been a while since I've seen early Big Bang Theory, yeah. but I felt like the point was, it was supposed to pay a bit more respect to Oh, early Big the Bang Theory, season stuff. two of the Big Bang Theory is good. Okay. It's not like amazing comedy, but it's, every episode's really quite well written for what it is. Okay. And yeah, it's about the four of them 
being totally socially ostracized. It's just them hanging out with each other mm. and doing geeky things. Because mm. that's what made me, back in the day, when I was like 13, 14, mm. I fell in love with The Big Bang Theory in its second season. Because I remember thinking, oh, it's like it's like Friends, but for a smarter person. Right. It's a cut above yeah. its format. Mm. I stand by that for a lot of it. Probably was the smartest studio sitcom on TV for its first few years. Mm. And then just completely... yeah. Sold out, but yeah, Pat Oswalt. <laughs> Pat Oswalt, yeah, is an Uncle Tom. Is an Uncle Tom for geeks. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so you don't like him? I don't he, like him. He's in the documentary. Trying, I'm pulling it all back, <laughs> right. going yeah. back through every point. Okay, yeah, um, yes. But him and Fred Armisen, they tend to be in these things. Yeah. Um, do you know Fred Armisen? Not by name. I'm sure if I saw a picture. Oh yeah, of him. like he's very recognizable. Okay. He's kind of it. He's in. He's been in every show. Right. Uh, he's like guested in every show. He did Portlandia. Do you ever see that? No. No, it doesn't matter. Um, yes, I was worried at the beginning because you said it's, you know, they don't tell this story. Mm. But Edgar Wright does a little bit of narration at the beginning. And I was like, oh, no, not this. Okay. I don't want him talking over the entire film. Oh, right. Okay. And he doesn't. It is just to introduce No, 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 he doesn't. Because the problem is I, I don't love documentaries that do that anyway. I like documentaries that just tell the story by splicing together footage yeah, and clips. Kind of yeah, through the talking heads and through the archive footage, the story yeah. is delivered to you. Like, what's that really brilliant YouTube half-hour thing about the late-night wars? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, you bring that up sometimes. It is beautifully edited. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, there's a couple of people who do that. I think Crobcat is another one where he specializes okay. in that sort of thing where he just takes... Um, he'll take, like a, like, a, like, a game, like Cyberpunk or... Yeah. Uh, Crackdown 3 mm. and he'll show every single stage of right so like when it was initially announced all of the promises that were made yeah. then he'll show the actual release and he'll show you what promises were broken right showing not telling yeah, yeah exactly but yeah with the late night wars it charts the entire basically everything that happened between Jay Leno and yeah. Conan O'Brien yeah the fact that like uh, Conan was promised the show mm. and then he went on to the show and he was kicked off because Jay Leno came back and then yeah. It shows like Conan being very like you know I'm disappointed, but this is, this is the way the chips have yeah. fallen. I'll never speak ill of Jay Leno. Mm. And then Jay Leno's like Conan O'Brien. Who the fuck's that? Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it, it makes it like it becomes a little thriller. Yeah, like the way it's edited, it's very like it's exciting. It's suspenseful. Like, ooh, what's gonna? Yeah, it's a proper story unfolding. Even though it's a proper insider baseball thing. Yeah, like, I think if you weren't into TV, you don't know what the hell. No, no, this no. Refers to. Yeah, but yeah, like. I mean, there have been books written about it and everything. It's yeah. it is fascinating. Anyway, um, yeah, I didn't I didn't have that fear when he started speaking. Okay, um, but he's not the most charismatic speaker. Is the problem? No, he's not. <laughs> so probably, that was part probably of why he's a director. Yeah, not not an actor. Yeah, director and writer because obviously Simon Pegg heavily heavily involved in the the script for the Cornetto trilogy. He and Wright they wrote all of them. Yeah, it was a partnership. Yeah, yeah. But Peg starred in them, whereas Wright was like, I'll just stay behind the camera and do a great job. Yeah, it's kind of like the... Um, it's Merchant and Gervais, isn't it? Yeah. Both Wright. Well, actually, they're both directed as well. Yeah, so they say. <laughs> I reckon they both wrote it, kind of. <laughs> I think Merchant directed and Gervais was in it. But, right, but, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I wasn't concerned with him narrating. Mm-hmm. It just didn't really register for me. It's like, oh yeah, this is just what a documentary does. I didn't have that guess, thing yeah. of like... Oh, what if he talks through the whole thing? Well, I suppose just because it was an Edgar Wright documentary, I expected it to be a cut above the rest. Yeah. And then it was. that Like, this was a minor worry. Yeah. Swiftly went away. I, tell you, I did have, like, a moment where he shows up as one of the talking heads. Yes. It's like, oh, really? 
Yeah, we're doing this now. Yeah, you're yeah, you're yeah. one of the fans. Yeah, you're yeah. one of the celebrity fans. Are you Edgar Wright? Yeah. It's not good enough that you made the documentary. You have to be in it as well. <laughs> it makes sense, though, doesn't it? Oh yeah, yeah it's yeah. not. Yeah, I'm not like I'm not yeah. actually having a go. Yeah. It was a, like that was my initial kind of like, oh, he's in it now, is he? Yes. Um, but he's in it like twice. Yeah. And yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, it's not like it's not a thesis either. It's not like no, Edgar no. Wright is going. I am a big Sparks fan. Look how big a Sparks fan. No, I no, am. he just does what the rest of them have done. So that I I first noticed them when they were on top of the pops. So. Yeah. He's kind of giving, um, he's giving the perspective of, uh, you know, a, a, an English guy of his age yeah. that would have seen them in the 80s on top of the pops, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think Adam Buxton's in it as well, isn't he? Quite briefly. Yes. But he, he's in it as well. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, yeah. He yeah. Mentions that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're American. Yeah. I definitely, through all the press, would have thought they were English. Looking at them, I would have thought they're English yeah. because Americans. I don't, I don't want to make broad generalizations, but they're not as um, adventurous with their image. No, and these are... You get, like, Frank Zappa and all these, but, you know, like... And they're, like... They're, they're weird. Yeah, and these think, are, like, California-Americans, right? Californians, and you look at Ron Mayer, it's like, right, he's a British yeah. musician. Like, <laughs> he's like, a weirdo. He looks like know? he's straight out of Monty Python. He's yeah, not exactly, a, yeah, yeah. He's not an American. He's not from California, for fuck's sake, but he is. And even just hearing the music, I would have thought they're English, because they sound like... Um, the early stuff, anyway, sounds like sweet... Okay. There's a man in the back. Uh, you know, barroom blips. Oh, right, okay. Uh, they sound, like, his voice sounds a bit like that. Yeah. And they do, they sound like a kind of slightly proggy 70s, 80s English <laughs> band. You know, like, that you're that you're only into if um, you're into David Bowie and, mm. and you're into uh, Joy Division and stuff like that, you yeah. know. Uh, I'm not saying they're musically similar, but those types of people, mm. me... <laughs> you know like yeah, yeah. Um, well yeah we haven't really uh, given that this is the Sparks Brothers yeah. documentary we haven't really talked about the Sparks Brothers too much we've talked more about the filmmaking and, well, and, yeah. and all that yeah um, but I will say like I mean firstly like this passed the documentary test for me I brought this up whenever yes. we talked about this in the past that like a documentary can't just be it can't just have an interesting topic mm. it needs to be a good film in its own right well yeah which this is that's what might pip it eventually slightly above Montage of Heck okay because Montage of Heck already had my goodwill going into it yeah you know it didn't have to try as hard the, yeah whereas this I assume it's the same for you correct me if I'm wrong yeah like, there was, no nothing I no, knew nothing about it there was goodwill in the sense that we like Edgar Wright oh yeah sure I wasn't going succeed. in want, yeah, expecting it to be bad in terms of the subject we knew basically I nothing. was neutrally charged going in yeah. yeah yeah. but this is the the point I'll make now yes. is that I knew nothing of the Sparks Brothers going to this I didn't even know what I knew like I didn't right. even know that I knew those three exactly. songs by them yeah um, and this did a really good job of explaining to me what the big deal is Yes, I think that that's where a lot of documentaries and biopics fail. Yeah. I remember, um, to bring up Kermode again, his review of, I think it was Notorious, the film about Notorious B.I.G. Yeah. And he said, the film didn't let me know what was so important mm. about him. And I think Simon Mayo says, like, didn't he, like, he invent the uh, the stereotype of, like, of, like the gangster rapper? Mm. And Kermode said... If he did do that, the film did not tell me that. Yeah. So I think that's often a failure yeah. of um, films like this. But no, yeah, you get it completely. Yeah, like yeah. The, when, the, when they're saying... Because it's not just a case of like, oh yeah, their music was really good, it really resonated with me. Mm. Like no music sounded like that at the time. Mm. Is it like, okay, yeah, like if it hits you, it hits you. But that doesn't... 
Yeah. That doesn't necessarily elevate them above everyone else. But then when they start talking about, like, the the stories that yeah. those songs tell and, like, the attitude with which they're written. Yeah. This kind of, like, um, it's a very weird tone. I don't know how to describe it. Like, it's playful, but kind of somber. Well, okay. So this I think is, that's how it's presented. It might get a us, bit right? esoteric here. Yeah. But... And this is better explained in the documentary. Oh, yeah, of course. I, I love the stories of their songs. Yeah, most songs are about heartbreak, death. Which I think one of the celebrity fans in the documentary says, isn't it? Right. It's like, every song is either Will You Fuck Me or yeah. I'm So Alone. Right, basically. Yeah. yeah, whereas, like, there's a Sparks Brothers song... Uh, tits, is it? Yeah. Tits. <laughs> tits. Tits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, where, like, it's about a guy whose wife is cheating on him. I think it's that one, yeah. Yeah, and so he's in a bar bemoaning the fact that she's cheating on him, but you yeah. find out through the song that he's bemoaning it to the guy she's having the affair with. Yes, like these incredibly idiosyncratic, unique stories. Yeah. I thought, oh yeah, like, why don't I write songs like that? <laughs> you know, cause I, obviously you try and be as, not vague, but broad in a sense, like you want it to relate to a lot of different people. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, no, why not? Like, tell little weird stories in, mm. in your songs. Especially um, if those stories, not ju- not that just that they're relatable, but that mm. they say something that, like, right. you can take away from and that. I love music being, like, having those, like, little internal narratives. Mm. Like, obviously, musically, it tends to. Yeah. It, like, it, chords get resolved or whatever. But, like, in Karma Police, the Radiohead song. Yeah. It's all these verses about, like, Karma Police, arrest this girl, her hairdo is winding me up, like, that sort of <laughs> right. thing. And then at the end, after, like, the massive bridge, mm. he just starts singing, for a minute there, I lost myself. So, like, the whole song was him, like, oh, I do apologize for everything I said. Yeah, there. it was, like, this... Angry, I was venting. Yeah, yeah this but, angry rant. Yeah, like, I lost myself for a second. Yeah, I don't know what happened of, there. It paints the, whole, the song in a whole different context. Yeah. And they've got that... They've got the ironic, funny inscrutable thing down mm. that like how serious are they being yeah and I love it when musicians do that mm. um, Morrissey obviously the, the the bravado of the Gallagher brothers like how earnest is yeah. it yeah and I, I, I yeah I love that about music I think musicians can do that in a way that no other medium allows no so yeah they've got that down you never know yes where they're coming from really. which again which I suppose was kind of the danger with doing a Sparks Brothers documentary a, a Males Brothers <laughs> Male Brothers a Male Brothers yeah, documentary yeah. Yeah. is that you'll ruin that mystery right even if it's just seeing them being people mm. it's like they're no like whenever Ron is on stage and he's just completely like stoic yeah plainly like staring unblinkingly well, well, at the camera that's been the thing hasn't it Russell is like the, the quite good looking front man yeah. who parades about the stage and dances and sings yeah. and like falsettos and stuff and then Ron is just completely stoic mm. just stares at the camera with like evil eyes and a little Hitler moustache yeah. that kind of is quite Picasso-y now isn't it yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that his moustache evolved over yeah. time yeah but it, it has parameters it never comes yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah he has limits he has, Sam. <laughs> yeah yeah no beard never no beard. a beard no um, so yeah they've, they've got their don't shtick has like a, va- a judgment in it. I don't mean it in that way. Well, shtick seems gimmicky. That's the thing. It? And it's it, not. It, well, it, it kind of is, but it doesn't feel like that. It, it's their presentation. It's it's the show they put on. It's yeah. Their um, their character, I suppose. Yeah. It's their character. And and like the risk is that when you see them out of character, yeah, it's sort of they lose something. Yeah, and they don't, I don't think. They don't. They really don't. Like, you, like there's that nice bit at the end of like, right, because we've risked 
destroying yeah. all of the enigma around us. We're just going to like tell you a bunch of bullshit now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I think without that, they retain that. Yeah. Because it's not like you really know where it all comes from. No, yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. Like you, never, you, you never can really with an artist. You, ne- you can't ever truly unpack. It's funny when films try. So like Tolkien, it was a, a biopic last year or the year before about J.R. Tolkien yeah. writing Lord of the Rings. And like they tried to relate everything about the, the series back to something in his life. Oh, right. So, you know, like, oh, I feel like sometimes... I, I, this isn't a literal example. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm between two places, almost like I'm in Middle Earth. Think, literally, <laughs> literally, it has, it's that, on that level. Oh, look, two towers. Genuinely, <laughs> literally on that level. Surely that, um, like, that ruins it. Well, not only is it bullshit, is it bogus, yeah. it just completely undermines imagination. But that's the thing. Like, that's the thing. If it is genuine, yeah. If or, you know, you're claiming that it's genuine. If it is actually genuine, yeah. Yeah, that, like... Oh, this guy wasn't that creative at all. He just kind of like, yeah. oh, what did I see yesterday? Oh, I saw this like short fella. Yeah, I'll I'll make him. It's and obviously like ride a dragon. I don't we know. all are all of our experiences and everything. Fine, that's yeah. all. It's all in the, in the mix. But it's that same. It's that drive, isn't it? To try and make everything explicable. It's like when people watch animation, like, it must have been high. No, they're just inventive. Yeah, they're good animators and they're clever storytellers. And uh, yeah, I think they like. Um, I think the most, uh, I could be wrong, but like the most recent example where we've brought that up mm. was the Midnight Gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. That's like, you know, exhibit A mm. of like, oh, they must have been high when they made that. Yeah. And I think the guy who like, whose podcast is used as the audio yeah. was I think high. I think it, all of the, the dialogue, right, is recordings when they were smoking. Yeah, that's the gimmick. Yeah, it's like, the, yeah, 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 all the dialogue is taken straight from his podcast. They just kind of animate an yeah. episode over yeah. the top of it. But he did an interview on his podcast mm. with one of the animators. Mm. And the animator was like, no, I'm like teetotal. Right. I don't take drugs. None of us take drugs. But as, as well, and he talks like, like it, is it Duncan Trussell? Yeah, yeah. He like says that like that was one of the mind, most mind blowing things about it for me mm. was that you guys like all of this is coming from my like weed riddled mm. brain. You guys are completely stone cold sober. Yeah, and the like the worlds and like the imagery that you're able to pull out of what I'm saying. Yeah, without the assistance of drugs is, is insane to me. Well, yeah, and and just the ignorance of like, do you know how long these things take? Yeah. It's not like, oh, you, you smoke a blunt and then you do the animation. Yeah. It fucking takes weeks <laughs> and months. Say, and, like yeah. an acid trip lasts 12 hours. Yeah, in but which you, you couldn't do much, to be honest. You couldn't do much. Yeah. You certainly couldn't make like a 30-minute animation. The, no, the degree, the attention it would take to do that yeah. is just not possible when you're no. tripping. But yeah, they've got that song, haven't they? Uh, My Baby is Taking Me Home. Yes. I quite like that. Sparks Brothers now. Sparks Brothers, yeah. Not back the Male Brothers. Or the Sparks. Male Brothers. Fuck! <laughs> Jet! <laughs> Um, it's got that Stuart Lee thing of like if you just tell the same joke over and over again mm. it stops becoming funny and then it stops being funny and then will become funny again I feel like that's what that song does the more he just says my baby's taking me home it does it's meaning changes and it has different resonance as it goes on it certainly does and I yeah. think that's that's bolstered by the fact that the music builds because yeah. like it starts off very minimal i think it's just him and the synth yeah and then by the end it's, it's sort of crescendoed into all of these like backing instruments it, and it does take on this yeah this whole new energy even though i we were just bemoaning oh it's like it's like they were on drugs it does have like the narrative of a trip like fear and loathing only makes sense to you 
that is one of the rare examples. Like, mm. it's only going to be decent at all if you're tripping. Yeah. Because it has these self-contained little narratives playing out where nothing happens, yeah. but the tone and the energy of the scene, it kind of has this internal logic to it. Yeah. Go, oh, yeah, man, oh, it's getting intense. Oh, it's over now. Moved on to the next thing. And that song has that effect because the music is building. Mm. You're like, oh, I'm reaching Nirvana. I'm reaching Something. some sort of... Yeah. Revel- oh, it's, it's ebbing, you know. Um the only song I didn't really like was Dick Around, which was the other song you knew, isn't That's it? That's the other one I knew, yeah. Yeah. It sounds too much like a novelty song. Okay. Like, I know they've... It's hard to take seriously. Mm. I know they've got that, is it funny, isn't it, thing. But, yeah, that's the, they straddle humour and sincerity. But I think that song lends itself too easily to parody. It's almost like a Weird Al song or something. Okay. And I do not like Weird Al. Not necessarily parody, but I think that is blatantly comedic right yeah not just the lyrics but the instrumentation it's got that like almost bohemian rhapsody layer it's operatic yeah yeah. and he's just saying he's like operatically singing all I do now is dick around yeah and then it's like like this like really intense orchestra it's like that's just a funny song and the music's like okay but it's just I don't like funny songs okay where where it's like my intent is to be funny it's a humour song okay I they, they very rarely get me off the top of my head like Tenacious D pretty much the only ones right yeah. even they don't like they're not um, constant wins no 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 but it, there's like some salt like uh, what's it called Tribute I yeah. sincerely love Tribute I think that's do you a really great, yeah I think that's a great song regardless okay. of the fact that it's supposed to be comedic I see I, do, I think it's hard to do both I think it's hard to be a really good song and oh, it really is. funny it absolutely I is I can't think of a, one example I really? can't think of one because there are loads of songs I find funny hmm. but they're not funny songs yeah. not you know capital F oh yeah what's the example you, you well the up? Smiths I yeah, the Smiths ones yeah. yeah that's the kind of funny I like in and music. If, a, if a double decker bus kills the both of us it's just so over the top you know like it, it speaks of how you feel that young love feeling yeah like oh I want to die because I fucking love you so much but like the specificity of the specificity double decker bus specificity is funny yeah and like I'm the only humor song, Equality Street I love, but not okay. musically. Yeah, not musically. You know, it's nothing, is it? It's but uh, yeah, for the for the gag. Rate. It's like slow reggae. It's like do, yeah, do, do, on Equality Street and like <laughs> the whole. I love that, and it's really funny, but not the song. Not it's as let music. in love, but don't let in hate. No. no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Was it the thing about midgets? You can't just pick them up. They're not babies. <laughs> I learned the hard way. <laughs> they got rights. <laughs> they got rights. Yeah, exactly. And just like that, the whole video is brilliant. Yeah, like you know, just these mo- this montage of like an Asian couple making out, two Asian men making out, and David Brent pointing at it like, look at that. That's <laughs> that's all right. That's good, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, generally speaking, I think it's hard, really hard to do both. It is to get a laugh out of your listener. Yeah, and for them to really enjoy the music because mm. yeah, Weird Al sucks, doesn't he? <laughs> He's, he's in it, isn't he? Yeah, he is in yeah. it, yeah. He does his little, like... Because every, like, celebrity cameo get, like, a little introductory screen. Yeah. Where they're, they're, they're cloaked in shadow and the, the light comes up and they sort of do, like, a yeah. a look to camera or they pose. A tableau they, vivant. Yeah, yeah, and they, like, smile. But Weird Aldous is, like, he looks to camera and, like, raises his eyebrow really, like, ooh, I'm doing a thing. Yeah, Al, can't you just do it? Just do a thing? <laughs> like, can't, can't you just be in a place and not have to do a thing? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because that must be exhausting if you're that person. 
and it's exhausting to us. Robin Williams was clearly a kind of genius, but man, you can get exhausted watching him. <laughs> oh, you can. So just stop. Yeah. I want you to have a, have a little break. <laughs> Sit down, have a cup of tea. Yeah. And just chill out. Robin, I can't, I can't keep up with you. Yeah. So like And like Jim Carrey, that interview on the Jonathan Ross show, which yeah. is really funny, but it's like, mate, just relax for a second and answer a question. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, because yeah, Weird Al, that is, he's just a, a parodist, parodist. Yeah, a parodist, yeah. Yeah. A podiatrist? Podiatrist, yeah. He's, he's just a podiatrist. Because um, he doesn't write the music, he just rewrites the lyrics. Yeah. So that's sort of cheating in a bit, isn't of it? Of course it's cheating. Yeah, it's, it's easy. It's that's the, the easiest thing. That's the balance, right, with like a, a comedy song is yeah. the lyrics have to be funny, but also musically. Well, if you want to be a good song. If you want yes. to be a good yeah, song yeah. as well, it has to be musically yeah. sound, which is one of the reasons I love Tribute. I think it's like, okay, okay. if you look at the music of it, it's a very well, it's a very good song musically. Yeah, I've got to re-listen to it. Yeah. Because, yeah, okay. But, and there's, um, like, I think there is a couple of other examples. Um, none that I can think of at the top of my yeah. head. But, yeah. Well, I like Wonder Boy, but I don't know if I like it musically. Is okay. Thing. Wonder Boy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like with Weird Al, like that's cheating because he's taking already like songs yeah. that are great musically, and he's just kind of like writing parody. But it's the kind of thing anyone could write. I'm not saying brilliantly, but like, okay, we're gonna do Michael Jackson's Bad. What's it called? Fat. Right, I've written it already in my head. <laughs> I know what that song is. Yeah, it's fat. It's just about jokes about being fat. Yeah, and the video is gonna be him doing the Michael Jackson video, but he's fat. But he's fat. It's you know. Yeah, I saw someone saying. How have you managed to stay relevant for so long, Weird mm. Al? He's he stayed really well. You just do contemporary songs <laughs> as as a as a song parodist. Yeah, as long as you're covering, you know, uh, who's in at the moment, Kendrick and Taylor Swift songs. That's how you stay relevant. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'm not a fan of Weird Al, but I am a fan of the documentary. Is there anything more you have to say? <laughs> yes, about- we like the documentary. Yes. We like the Sparks Brothers. Yes, the male, the male brothers. brothers. <laughs> we like the male brothers. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, do you know, that kind of nicely, like Edgar Wright. yes, that kind of nicely adds into their thing as well, uh, the male brothers, because it's like it's almost M A L E, like male brothers. Oh yeah, but it's slightly not. Yeah, it's M A E L, isn't it? <laughs> so it's like it's this slightly twisting. Yeah. Um, yeah. In summary, oh, that's the that's the uh, the the white men that have been writing all the music instead of all the women. Yeah, yeah, the male. Brothers. Yeah, the male yeah. brothers. These, this is it. These, these two guys. These are the patriarchs. These are the ones. Yeah. It's like like the. Um, that character in what's that really shite David Mitchell film not our David Mitchell the American David Mitchell oh I don't know oh under the Silver Lake under the Silver Lake oh right yeah remember there's that guy that's written all pop culture all pop music oh yeah 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 but it's a good film (laughs) it's a good film Um, we definitely recommend it heartily recommend it yes one of the best my favourite directed film of the year so far so far so far we'll see what the rest of the year brings yeah. but yeah this is certainly in the field of documentary this is one to beat it better be up for an Oscar because I feel <laughs> like it's not going to be because it's they they tend to really only nominate really earnest documentaries yeah that, that are about like important things mm. this deserves an Oscar nomination oh it absolutely does yeah it absolutely does but you know I did, they did nominate Baby Driver for editing right yeah that's different I know it's different but it's yeah. like well if We'd have to contrive not nominating yeah. it. Then again, they didn't nominate the Lego movie for Best Animated Feature. That was a freak thing. That was a freak thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Is that it then? I think that's everything. Okay. Yeah. Bye then. All right. If then. We're done. Yeah. Yeah.
Bye. Bye. Bye.